the heavy hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Bio Billy. Hey, guys. Justin here again. What's up? Hey, Justin. Justin. Nothing. Uh, We have quite a topic. We're doing something video game metal adjacent. Adjacent. Yeah. And we we brought in a special guest for that because... uh, Guest expert. Yeah, guest expert on video games and uh, also, also a metal fan. In his in his full rights, you know. In his defense, yeah, in his, <laughs> his defense. defense. That's how he fucked up. Like There's the a reason he's here. Yes, we got Andy Burrell in Hello. studio. How you doing, Andy? I'm great, man. Thank you guys for having me. I'm uh, a huge fan of this podcast, so this is a, this is a big deal for me right now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, right, yeah. Andrew. Well, we appreciate you, you listening. Boys. I love you, boys. Love you guys. Love you well, too. I love man. you. Yeah, I love everybody. But but you're Allegedly. you're not just on one side of the podcast game. No, I'm not, yeah. I mean, we I have my own. Yeah, why don't you uh, tell us about Praise the Game podcast? All right, well, so, Tom, you said I'm an expert. I'm just a guy who likes video games, really. Uh, kind of started doing this uh, little podcast called Praise the Game a couple years ago. We're almost three years in now, almost episode 100. Hmm. We just did episode 97 today. Um, yeah, it's gone through a lot of changes. It's kind of a survey cast. We talk about a lot of different things. But mostly it's just three friends, my brother and I and our friend Nick, just dicking around and talking about various topics and uh you know sometimes more serious like violence in video games different impacts on society and then other times it's just kind of like you know lists and funny stupid shit we like to talk about good that's perfect that's it perfect guy for this idea of metal adjacent video games yeah but uh press pause on that thought let's slow it down i want to know how your weekend was tom you okay yeah how you doing (laughs) yes uh my weekend was fine we are recording this The week after New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it feels funny to me. I guess the weekend was in the middle of the week on New Year's Eve. So I should say, how was your New Year's? Uh, it was a splendid time. You know, I, I feel like I say this too much on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Drank too much. Um, <laughs> listeners, listeners are getting worried about you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah all right? me too. I mean, the whole family is. No, no, it was no. a good time. We had we had a blast. We're, this is actually this is actually an intervention. We're not even recording right now, Tom. This is why I don't bring friends into the studio anymore, Will. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Proceed. <laughs> no, it was a great time. We were at uh, Justin and I were at the same location. Yeah, uh, so we only have to go through this once. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> we'll have to go around. Justin's the whole time. still salty about last week, man. Knocked him out the box with Dave Case. Oh, man. how's my weekend? Will my weekends are good. They're fine. Typical party. Yeah, and I, I can't really say uh, drank sweet. this, drank that. There's we had a little bit of a potluck, so everybody made some well, made some food. Oh boy, allegedly. Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> we all got lucky. Uh, certain mac and cheeses, certain roasted vegetables, passed around a little bit of the bobody. Okay. And, uh, all right. Every, we all Bo- Bobbly Pizza. Yeah, I'm a fan. A little bit of the bobbly. So, <laughs> Will, how was your uh, New Year's? I had a, a nice, nice, quiet, uh, f- a small family event. Uh, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a nice, uh, nice way to ring in the New Year, man. Nothing too spectacular, man. I um, enjoyed the day off of work. Uh, listened to uh, some uh, some various different uh, vinyls. I told you I bought that. Um, uh, Voivod, uh, uh, War and Pain album, and the Mayhem album, man, and I, right. you know, just sat back on my, uh, my Mayhem, and I also, uh, there's, um, it's a label, Dark Symphonies Records, uh, Dark Symphonies Online, you can order, you gotta check them out, they, we're gonna, I'm probably end up talking about some of their releases, because I, I purchased some vinyl from them, I'm still waiting for it to arrive, but they have some, like, really extra cult, extra obscure stuff that I've never heard of. Uh, so I'll be talking about it, but I, I uh, did indulge a little bit, and I, I, they were having a nice little sale, and I bought a few vinyls for myself. Do you do you have a New Year's album you like to play? For me, it's I'd say it's more seasonal than holiday related. I mean, New Year's, you know, New Year's is cool. Uh, you know, I enjoy the, the festivities and the you know the family and, and all that, man. But I don't really, I don't really make New Year's resolutions. I don't really see it as like this big. 
leaving everything behind and starting new. You know, it's it, it's cool, but it's you know, it's a new year. That's great, but it's, it's a metric. It's a metric, bro. You know, it it is, man. You know, I was here with you doing the podcast last week, and I'm happy to be here doing it again. You know, in in, in my reality, time doesn't just shift like that with the the switching of the calendar. You know what I mean? So, you know, New Year's is cool, but I, I never see it as, like, some huge reason to go out to the city to Times Square or to, you know, like I used to yeah. booze up a lot back in, in my younger years now and I still will have Hell a drink yeah. on New Year's Eve, man. But it, you know, it is what it is. It's New Year's <laughs> Eve. It's a day off of work for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm uh, with you on that, man. So, That's great. I'm yeah. the same way. I think as you yeah, get older. You I chilled. I was, uh, it was up in the air for a while, but I ended up, uh, going home for a brunch. I had a doctor's appointment, on uh, New the year's? day before. Oh. And I was I was gonna come home to Long Island for New Year's. I probably would have saw you guys. Actually, I was I would have liked to, but then I was I my doctor's appointment got canceled, and I went home and saw family that was coming over because I was just like fuck it. And then I ended up just uh, hanging out in Brooklyn with a couple of friends, and it was great. It was it was chill. We we ended up playing some board games and you know just chilling. You know. Let me just let me just interject because I I only have one New Year's re- uh, resolution. I can I, ma- I make this. Uh, it's very important. This is a heavy hole uh, adjacent New Year's resolution. Uh, it's to finish my bathroom. Right? Yo, and, I was going to ask you, and, as a guest I am and listener of the podcast, I'm very curious. How's your bathroom? I have an update for you guys. <laughs> They're in suspense out I there. I have an update. Okay. The sink faucet has, has arrived and installed. So we have running water. Uh-huh. Wow. The drain's not there, so it'll uh-huh. just hit the floor so I don't turn it on. No toilet yet. No lights. Oh, boy. Oh, no door. My God. But... So I, the I, faucet has arrived. It's gold. It's beautiful. So I can take a dump on the floor in the dark. <laughs> you could. Uh, <laughs> this guy. This guy's. This guy's leaving me out to hang over you. Hanging me. Hanging me. I out told to dry. you. Well, you'll be the first to know. Oh my god. But we're one step closer to the edge, and we're not breaking this time. Yeah, like Steven Tyler famously said, we're living on the edge, uh, my friends. Um. So yeah. What? Yeah. All I you was gonna. Uh, just hold it in, Will. Yeah. It'll be done soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> So Justin, you're you were obviously not working on the bathroom New Year's Eve. You were you were with Tom, right? Yeah, I was using somebody else's bathroom. All right, so we're gonna skip how was Justin's New Year's Eve, <laughs> just like we skipped how was Justin's weekend. Told you it was fine. <laughs> I'm gonna call up Dave Case and ask him how his weekend was right now. Yeah, get him on the, let's get him on the line. Cool. Oh. All right, listen. I, you know, I'm tired of this playing games with you guys. I want to play games with Andy. All right, let's do it. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's talk. All right. All right. Uh, now. Andy, we brought you in. Um, maybe you know, I, I feel bad. Maybe I like I set you up saying games expert, right? We brought in our guest expert. Nah, you know what I mean? It's all good. We you know we 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 have a, a good time here, man. Because um, uh, I know if somebody brought me on a podcast like Will's the death metal expert, I'd be like, whoa, I haven't heard everything that that's that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I you know I don't know Cannibal Corpse's first rehearsal demo. Sorry, you know what I mean? Because then on the on the internet they get at you about little shit like that, man. Yeah. But um. Uh, I understand that you've prepared for us, uh, like you said, some more like metal adjacent video games, yeah, man. I, we're we're I, gonna kind of give you the floor now. All right? all right. So I got I got I made a two page Google document, uh, and so the, the, it's separated into two sections really. So we got we got metal and heavy music themed games. So games that I think are are banking off of heavy music and the culture, and that's their kind of vibe. Like that's what the game is about. Maybe characters or things about them are. Uh, themed in that way, and then I've got some some other games that feature good heavy music, like stuff that I thought of and did a little research where I was like, these soundtracks are kick-ass, maybe they feature good bands, uh, and or you know, composed by cool people, so I thought they were worth mentioning and maybe starting a conversation. 
But Sick. you know, I, I'm glad that you did bring that up about uh, not being an expert because at the end of this document, I definitely did. I say I missed a lot here. I'm sure heavy, <laughs> heavy hole listeners are going to have a lot of suggestions and corrections uh, to my to my document. But I'll start it off, uh, I guess, with a game that you guys may be familiar with called Brutal Legend. You guys know ooh, about ooh. this one? Mm-hmm. I, I am not, but I, that's, I wish it was a band yeah. that's, that I could well, listen to. <laughs> it's not It's not particularly... I, I, there's another thing I want to say up front, too. The death metal, unfortunately, is not... There's not a huge presence of death metal in video games. No. Like, I'm looking it up, and it's difficult because heavy music is so often cliched and made into this cringy thing in culture in general. And uh, <laughs> yes, a lot yes. of the time, when it's in a video game, it's made into this aggro, you know, like... I don't even know. Like well, some, someone who doesn't understand he- heavy music made it. We we t- right. you know we were talking before about how something I wanted to avoid uh, with the heavy hole podcast in general is being that like stereotypical guy that what's up motherfuckers are you ready for the blast beats da 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 like you know what I mean yeah you yeah. got like a serious artist there and you're like yeah. yo what's your sickest fucking thought in life bro like, you know what I mean like <laughs> like that kind of over overdrive like I must be heavy metal bro like that kind of mentality you know right. what I mean because because it's I think that's kind of what you're what you're getting at right? yeah yeah. And, and I tried to, to stay away from that because uh, that sucks and we don't want to be those idiots like that. Um, but yeah, Brutal well, Legend's a cool one. This game came out in 2009. It was originally on PS3, Xbox 360, PC, and Mac. I listed all this shit. This is how I usually do it on my podcast. So if this is too much information, tell me. But I like to list where it came out and everything like that. I cyberstalk every guest. Like you wouldn't, be- you wouldn't <laughs> believe the amount of coffee I drink sitting alone in my house. Stalking these people in the dark to know okay. their their first band when they were yeah don't well, worry I'm, about I'm it. glad I'm glad yeah I'm just glad. ask the guys from Two Mold and all those bands I've I've no, <laughs> I, I, I do my shit that's good I, it's, it's <laughs> we're, the we're, good research we're all about the data here good um so this game was directed by this dude Tim Schafer you may have heard of him he did games uh, like Monkey Island Psychonauts and Grim Fandango right all uh, Lucas Art games yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay um. And it's an interesting one. It's like a third-person action game. Uh, Jack Black actually voices the main character. His name is Eddie Riggs in the game, and it's about a roadie who's uh, who's huh. transported to a heavy world with uh, levels and themes inspired by album covers. Wow, so every really level cool. and place you go in this game is album th- uh, cover theme. So imagine like your favorite Cannibal Corpse album made into a world. So are, what, what do they what have are, in the game? Yeah, yeah, what are the album's covers? I, you know what? I didn't go that far. I'm already not an expert. I'm oh, yeah, fucking. Yeah, I'm lame. So. Eh. He's leaving them on a, on a cliffhanger, so they buy the. Uh, what? What? When did this, did this game come out, and two, what platform were people playing it on? Yeah, so this came out in 2009 on PS3, Xbox 360, PC, and Mac. Okay. All right. I don't know if eventually it came out on PC and Mac. It's usually just the consoles. Hmm. Um, but some of the some of the bands included in the soundtrack are Rotting Christ. Wow. Angel Witch, okay. Mastodon, and Black Sabbath, which is pretty neat. Big up. Big names. Um, so, yeah, this is like a fun, funny game. It's definitely a tongue-in-cheek game. You're playing as a dude voiced, obviously, by Jack Black, who's a roadie, which is funny. Yeah. Rotting Christ, I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a, amazed that they yeah. got that past the suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this dude is known for making kind of, like, interesting... Not indie, per se, because they're backed, usually, but, like, creative, auteur-styled... Um, games that have a have a, a cool tone and so this one i thought was pretty cool it's definitely one of the the games that does heavy music right in a way i haven't played it personally but i i'm very aware of right, it through, just going over the soundtrack through, yeah stuff, going over yeah. the soundtrack seeing how it uh you know permeated through the gaming culture when it did come out and um yeah so that's a cool one i'm i'm i, I really want to play it 
now that I've done I I want to play it now. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Tom, you got a picture up over there. This is the soundtrack, I guess, and and that's the main character. Yeah, right now we're listening to the first song. If you type in Brutal Legend OST on YouTube, the first song on the playlist is Bishop of Hexen, their song A Serpentine Crave, very Dimmu Borgir. Interesting. But as I go down the list, yeah, you got Rod and Christ here, Angel Witch, Diamond Head, Children of Bodom. That's a sanctuary. Just based off the character and the time period and some of the bands, it looks like maybe they're trying to cash in on some of that Metalocalypse mm-hmm. hype, you know, in a way. Mm-hmm, for sure. Oh, and we, got, we got a Budgie in there, too. Uh, Nick from Moontooth brought that band to us. Yeah, so somebody really knew their their metal. Who I mean, you know, they they, they weren't just plucking off, uh, you know, whatever commercial metal acts were, were around. There was somebody definitely curating this yeah. the soundtrack. So wow, this, yeah, was, this is a well-received game. Uh, it's definitely popular, and people who appreciate heavy music, I, didn't, I think this is one of the non-cringe titles. Okay. a bunch of games on here. I'm going to skip one. I did put Rock Band on here just because so I chose Rock Band over Guitar Hero just because Guitar Hero was great and all, but Rock Band was cool because you could play a whole band with your friends. And I think it was cool because it got a lot of people uh, into music and wanting to learn music but they also featured some good songs from Metallica, Faith No More, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Mastodon Again, Megadeth, Dream Theater. Lots of good shit on there, so, you know, if and, uh, you have any memories of that. Dragon Force is big on one of those games, right? Definitely, like, that was on uh, Guitar Hero. Yeah, They I had s- more heavies tracks on that game. I, I, I probably should have said at the top of the episode, I am not a gamer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, you know, I played a lot of, uh, probably up until PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and then I kind of fizzled out, you know, uh, on, on games, and I was still more of like the, the one-person, you know, side 2D stri- side-scroller type of guy. But, um... What I'm getting at is um, I saw it through the years because I remember in like the early 2000s, that's when those type of games started getting uh, popular, yeah. right? Um, and I started to see over the years people getting, who, like people who actually were in metal bands, play, you know, local bands, younger guys that got into metal through some bands that were featured on those games. And that's when I started to look at it more seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, it, it had an impact in that way. And it was cool because uh, yeah. I remember being at friends' houses who, I mean, in high school for me, it's... I was not in a place where I was surrounded by people who liked heavy music, unfortunately. It was not until later in high school and in college when I met you guys that I was like, oh shit, there are more people like me. Like, mm. it was very much a bubble in my small little town. Mm. So when, it, when, it was, when I was at like my lax bro friend's house in high school playing Dragon Force on extreme mode on fucking, uh, you know... Uh, rock band or guitar, guitar hero, hero yeah, it yeah. was like oh wait i can i can do this in public and mm-hmm. and they're they're not going to kick me out i think guitar um, hero even had like laid to rest like lamb yeah. of god on and there they, they, i think they had uh my curse by killswitch too yeah, we I, I i have this period of lost time uh in uh, like in high school like maybe like between between 11th 12th grade or something like that where i was i was lost in in tom's attic where we had the playstation set up and there was probably like Eight, there's eight months or so of where I, I, it felt like just time traveling to the future with the amount of Guitar Hero that we have played. Yeah. Um, completely immersed into that. And not to mention, like, you know, 
hitting those buttons the, the you know the, the way that it works yeah. um actually worked with uh hel- helped build the dexterity needed for like some techie guitar playing absolutely kind of good, and especially good when, workout excuse me especially when they introduced i think the second one where they had the the higher register notes oh, uh, sure. on the neck it was uh you know if you were playing on on a higher difficulty and you were actually a guitar player it wasn't the worst workout in the world mm-hmm. you know you could definitely get used to some weird shapes and uh yeah, so I, d- I threw that on there. I didn't mean to get into it in any way. I kind of wanted to skip over that one, but anyway. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I think I think it's important, man. Because like I said, like it's I'm not a gamer, and it's even th- those games in particular are a little bit maybe younger than my generation. So I always, you know, and I, I, like I said, I, I, I've seen so many people get into playing, uh, you know, real instruments, uh, so to speak, and and actually get in, get into metal through bands represented. So you gotta you gotta think about that, man. If you're somebody that kind of comes from that school that tends to be a little cynical towards games, yeah, you know, it, so. it was important in that regard. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. One, one more thing too, the t- the way the technology kind of uh, advanced based off of that simple idea with like Guitar Hero, where you have the five buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, now you just like, there's just straight up MIDI guitars, like full. Yeah, like working full scale six string guitars that you just that you plug in MIDI and it'll teach you songs. You know? Yep, it's kind it'll of teach you songs. Or like it, a lot of them are marketed. I think to you're on the road, break it apart, put it in your backpack, take it out and play. Yeah, it's a convenience thing. I think for the 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 learning or you know guitar player who wants to be out out and about and not have to worry about bringing some heavy thing around. It, um, it definitely deserves credit as a, a resource and a tool and. Um, uh, maybe some of the older musicians are having a hard time, or you know, just people, older people like me, are having a hard, harder time embracing that. But the younger generation is going to be ahead of the game for it. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a guitar player on YouTube or something that like started on guitar here. I'm sure that exists now. Got it. Yeah. It's 2020. There's someone Gotta out be a there that's like, of them. Yeah. Uh, oh, I played Dragon Force, and now I'm like in this crazy band. You know? I'm <laughs> sure they're they're out there. We'll they're find out there. we'll find them and we'll interview them. We'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, all right. So next on the list, quickly. Um, before uh, I switch over to Tom, because I think you got some stuff over there too, right? Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up um, before we get away from the rhythm games like Guitar Hero. Yeah. Um, there was an indie game released called Double Kick Hero. Oh, it's what? a. <laughs> I haven't heard of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's a quirky Steam game that came out April eighteenth, two thousand eighteen, developed by Headbang Club, a French company. Uh, really good pixel art. The soundtrack is pretty commercial. It's all original stuff. One guy named El Mobo wrote most of the music. Uh, aesthetically, he matched it really well. Good job, El Mobo. Uh, there's also some guest artists on there, one of them being the guitar player of Gorod. So I, yeah, technical stuff. I'm not really huge on Gorod, but uh, I know those guys got serious chops. Um, so where, where's the double kick come in? It's like a side-scrolling... A lateral version of Guitar Hero, so instead of it horizontally, uh, vertically coming down, you're horizontally playing the kick from left to right as your characters are on a, what seems to be an El Camino or something, uh, <laughs> racing on a highway. So what are they, swerving out of, out of the way of rocks or, they're actually or armadillos? Sh- they're or actually like shooting enemies behind them in rhythm. Oh. And you get, you get points or you're hitting, you're hitting enemies every time you're in sync. The but there's no peripheral like a like a guitar hero. You're like clicking spacebar or something. Um, no, no, yeah, you're just hitting spacebar. It's one button. I'm sure gotcha. somebody somebody has to have modded it out. Oh, with yeah. like well, some triggers. <laughs> you seen those Dark Souls players who beat it with like like a banana or something like that? <laughs> you see that online all the time. It's like you know, oh, I I made an electronic like 
controller at a random objects. <laughs> nobody that's, a, can, that's a thing. Nobody can play the peaches like I can. Not, not no one. So there was another another game that Will brought to my attention, which is not a released game, but it's an indie developer named Andrew Bunteen. This video has less than 900 views on it, and let me show you this. Oh, who brought it to your attention? I just said you. Uh huh. Thank you. Yeah. He Thank credited you. you. Flex. Yes. Flex. Okay. Yes. Will of Heavy Hole fan. Yeah. Will of uh, Heavy Hole pod. I'm just. I'm playing. I'm playing. So <laughs> right now, you might recognize the song behind you. It's malevolent creation. Manic Demise. Uh, it's a rhythm-based game, just like Guitar Hero, only on PC, but this gets the deep cuts. Let me see this. There looked like we're doing tremolo picking in a video game right there. So, it, it's all drumming. Okay, it's all mind. blast beats, oh, pretty much. Keyboard drumming. Oh, wow. This game is obviously not for sale because you can't license all these songs from all these people yeah. uh, when you're just one person without any funding. Oh, this is sick. See, well, what is the YouTube uh, uh Name and the the name of the video. For the, uh, for type the in Necro Blaster. Two words: Necro Blaster. You can get a copy of this game and rig it up to. Was that guy playing on? He's playing on a, what seems to be a, a some sort of MIDI pad, but I believe the game does work with just a keyboard, probably with you know a WASD setup. Classic. And when yeah. you watch the guy playing the game, it kind of just looks like if you're anything like me, you're, you're, you're you know most metalheads <laughs> that listen to fast music. When you're there on the table or the desk, you're like tapping it's your fingers along much. to the blast beats, and that's pretty much what this game is based on: is that those hand motions of like tapping your fingers and rolling your fingers on the desk to double bass and blast beats. Yeah, so the, I, the, I thought this was dude, interesting. Thing. Hook this guy up to just superior drummer and like yeah, and then just jam. I've seen like, people that are good at that. Play this live. And like, you, oh, could, this is insane. I think in the description, you have the, there's like a list of the songs that this guy uses, and it's all like kind of deep, you know, death and black metal cuts. Uh, he demos two songs. It's this one we're listening to now, Malevolent Creations, Manic Demise, mm. and Sarcophago, Santana's, oh, which yes. we just talked about last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. case. Um, it's funny because the timeline of the the what looks like the MIDI notes or whatever looks like, you know that candy that old school candy that just has like like sugar dots on it yeah it looks yeah. like that oh, yeah. it's just like blue <laughs> orange pink and red yeah, just on a sheet of paper just on a candy dot tear right and then now. you end up eating a bunch of t candy I mean paper, <laughs> yeah, you <do>. paper <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of lot of candy coming off that timeline there yeah so this was one indie developer who probably more like minded to us than the typical gamer and just wanted to make something something cool. To do a little f fingering around. Oh yeah, some fingering around. Yep. Oh. As gaming. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you. You did some indie research because I kind of. I didn't. Ha I don't have a ton of indie stuff on here. It's mm -hmm. mostly like mainstream stuff that I was aware of or like found. So it's good that you. You kind of got that juxtaposition. I, I tend to pick up the slack for these guys. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I try. I tried with the older stuff. Just I mean, I got. I got stuff from the '90s here. Um, that I wanted to, you know, have as well as the more modern stuff. Um, yeah, let's get into it, man. Yeah, so there, there's a couple. One of them, this is amazing to me. I did not know this. I'm, I'm a little younger than you guys. Um, so I didn't have a Super Nintendo or a Genesis. Uh, Genesis was around and so was Super Nintendo when I was a kid. But it was, I was, I didn't get my first Game Boy till like 96 or 8 or some shit. So I was, I was a youngin in that regard. But the Beavis and Butthead game. Oh, boy. oh my okay. god! On the Super Nintendo <laughs> in 1994 and Genesis and yeah. the Game Gear. Do you guys remember what the plot was of that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, had to, you, you, you had to find your Guar tickets. They That's were the entire plot. <laughs> yeah, they were just so, pieces of it strewn out through, it. through about the town. Amazing love to it. me. Yep, love that it. An entire game. The plot is 
you got to find your guar tickets. That would be the Beavis and Butthead game. That's man. great, yeah. right? There must Such have been a, a there game. must have been a, a winger joke somewhere in that game too. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a two D two D kind of side scrolling. Yeah. Yep. Um, you could also go fishing off your couch. Yeah. There's like it's like beat 'em up so kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's definitely like, like that beat 'em up, like that that forced perspective, the two point five D. Yeah. Um, but it's more like a weird puzzle game. Yes. It's a very strange game. Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, Beavis and Buttheads is a strange show. Yeah. Uh, it played like Rocky and Bullwinkle for NES, which was, uh, you can't play it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was it was the premise of this game that kind of, like, kept me going. It's like, it's gotta find these gotta tickets. Get, get gotta get these tickets. Which nowadays, it's like, all right, well, so where's your cell phone with Ticketmaster on it? But <laughs> now, you know, back in the day, it was, you gotta find the, the hard printed tickets that was a real deal man back when you used to like buy you know before um the what, what are the ticket scalping websites the legal ones now that oh stuff hub and, and uh, yeah like back that used to be some guy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah you call know, your yeah. broker yeah now, i think it now, still happens occasionally yeah. yeah uh yeah you see you see i'm alleged allegedly allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. there's some weird this game is weird though if you can get out of the house which is like the first level by <laughs> punching in numbers somewhere like that you had to do then you'll have a you'll have a good time. But like getting out of the house was a challenge. It was a challenge. You remember this specifically? Yeah. I feel wow. like the demographic of people who would like to play this game and people who watch Beavis and Butthead didn't overlap at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a weird puzzler. And Beavis and Butthead is just, you know, you're sitting on the couch drinking a beer or smoking a joint. Yeah. Man. This is like, oh, I got to use my brain to figure out how to get two. Yeah. Uh, a Beavis and Butthead video game should have just been like them burning stuff and blasting stuff and throwing, you know, things at people to, to you know, like, like kind of like, it should have been more like a double dragon style thing. You know what I mean? Or yeah. o- only the part in Street Fighter, like where you have to break the car right you know, yeah, that over like that. yeah i mean sometimes franchise games get it right i think this is a funny premise for for a funny show um i don't i don't want to go on too far of a tangent but you guys remember simpsons hit and run yeah that's, that's kind of what you're game. talking about so there's a simpsons game like in a gta style mm-hmm. where you're running around 3d worlds and doing missions but you're you're in springfield you're in that yeah. world and you can do whatever you want and i think that's a pretty great idea for a goofy show or a goofy premise like that totally um so yeah, that's uh, that's Beavis and Butthead. Tom, you wanna you have anything you wanna talk about or regarding this game? No, but Sega Genesis sound card is one of the best sound cards. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, okay. We're listening to the Sega version of this game because it only came out on Sega, right? No, it was a Super Nintendo. It too. was Super yes, Nintendo yeah. too. Yeah, there was like a yeah. distinct quality between those two sounds and. Uh, oh, it was also the Game Gear, which I think is hysterical. That was the Sega handheld. Yeah, you guys have I remember. Had, you yes. had one of those. I didn't have one, but I had a friend who did. I remember that. Sure did. They were like thick, chunky. They, were, they had like yeah. 18 triple A's in them or whatever. Yeah, it was a colored screen. Yeah. It was Super awesome. backlight. And yeah. they had Turok on there. I remember. I loved it. You could, you, uh, they, there was an attachment for it too that was a, a TV antenna with a tuner. Really? And you can plug that into the back where the game goes and like straight up like okay. bust out the, you know, the three foot antenna and just and watch whatever uh, air signal. That's was awesome. Like. It was basically like like a communication device from some science fiction movie. You it, know? Yeah, it was some future shit. It was yeah. a cool handheld that I think a lot of people don't know about or like recognize anymore, but it, what a weird little device it was. I mean, yeah. it had power to it. It was able to run. There, there was also an adapter where you could put straight up 32-bit uh, Sega cartridges in it. And yeah. it would play those games. It was a full functioning Sega Genesis. Yeah, it doesn't it get enough credit, stuff. in my opinion. This yeah. is, uh, But this is the only game the Beavis and Butthead won, because I'm I'm a Super Nintendo, like, and I, I like the games that came out okay. on both, on Super Nintendo more. This mm. game is better on Genesis, for sure. The, this and some of the uh, Disney ones, Lion King and all that shit. I won't, accept, oh yeah, I won't accept Aladdin. Aladdin's a Super Nintendo. 
This guy's talking about Aladdin and Lion King. Yeah. That's like a deep cut, though. Like yeah. we have a friend Taylor who's who, he's like the the king, in my opinion, of like nerdy old school gaming stuff for sure. But we had a gaming night at his place, and he has like you know, what is it even called? The skirt carts or like the crazy connections for the best RGB output. There, it it gets deep, Will. Like you don't even know. Like in the death metal world, you have that on lock, but people know like crazy shit when it comes to gaming. I'm sure. Well, we 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 mentioned briefly how um. When we had Adam Rotella on, he talked about how he, he buys special uh, connectors and adapters to watch his VCR, VHS uh, com component on uh, like a modern te modern flat screen television. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we talked about how that he's most likely able to do that because of gamers. Because the market for those adapters and connect all this you know fancy stuff is for the gamers. It's not for the VCR. Right. <laughs> and that stuff can get expensive too. I'm like sure, if you're yeah. a hobbyist in that world, you're spending hundreds of dollars on converters if you want to keep up with any sort of just the modern damn tech. cables mm -hmm. just the damn cables you want to connect them rgbs yeah all right so either way beavis and butthead definitely metal adjacent what else do we got in the bag <laughs> that was cool yeah So video games, back in the world of video games. Uh, one last uh, heavy metal themed game that uh, I I just think this is this is like more of a trivia kind of crazy thing that I found. Uh, Tom, I might have saw this on your list. Did you did you dig up Holy Diver? Yes. What the <laughs> hell is this? Thing right. About? Oh, dude, get this into is, it. This is so cool. All right. So first of all, wait a minute. It came out in April 28th. Uh, in 1989 in Japan only. This mm. is a Japan only game, which is crazy because it's a Dio game. Right? Deep cut. It's that's called a, Holy that's Diver. Okay. And so uh, I, I kind of just copy and pasted the beginning <laughs> of the of the uh, Do you Wikipedia. Have... Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did you also? Yes, I wanted Will to read it. Like, Will, are you okay with reading? Like, I'll, I'll narrate it if, if you right, feel so that like, strongly about so, it. I mean, you don't have to go all the way through. I just thought it's hysterical <laughs> to look okay. at. <laughs> I can't wait for this. <laughs> what is this? This, this uh, right here? This, yeah, this paragraph? Yeah, that chunk. That whole chunk. Uh, oh, so this is like the premise of the game. Yes. Okay. It is the 666th year for the world of magic, and the Crimson Kingdom is facing destruction at the hands of the Black Slayer, Demon King of the Underground Dark Empire. Realizing that his days are numbered, the 16th Crimson Emperor, Ronnie IV, decides to entrust his two infant sons, Randy and Zack, with two Ks, to his faithful servant, Ozzy, with Slayer's forces closing in, Ozzy, Randy, and Zack escape to another dimension with the hope of eventually bringing light back into the world. Over the following 17 years, Randy, Zack, and Ozzy devote and train themselves to the cause of magic justice, becoming wizard kings. Meanwhile, Black Slayer has increased his empire over the countryside, making his interdimensional forces even stronger. In order to defeat Black Slayer and his army, Randy must retrieve the five crimson em emblem seals. <laughs> making matters worse, Randy now must wage his war against Black Slayer alone, for Zack suddenly goes missing and Ozzy passes away. That's fucked I, up, right? I want to see the three-part trilogy of this more than I want to see Star Wars. I'm I, like, I, I, I love 100% agree with that. I love Japan so much. Like, why? What did this? Like, how? I don't <sighs> understand. I want to. I want to see that movie right now. God damn I it! I can't believe that this came out. And only in Japan. But the coolest part about this, Tom, and you might have discovered this too, but last or two years ago now, July 2018, this game came out as a, a collector's edition in the U.S. And they printed it on original NES carts. 
<laughs> so you can get a Nintendo cart of Holy Diver that only came out in Japan in 1989 now. I, I think it's sold out. Like, you can't get this. It was like a limited printing yeah, or something yeah. like that. Like a really cool re-release. But like, what? The, that's like, that's, the that's amazing. Cut. This was a wild wow. find. Wow, that's it? obscure. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and you type in metal video games or just start Googling around a bit. This does pop up. And I spent a lot of time around gaming. Never heard of this. No, me neither. <laughs> this is insane. I was like, this is too good to not. And then I started reading the Wikipedia. I was like, Will's got it. I gotta get Will to say any of these words. I feel like I, I'm invested in this now. I gotta find this game. It's, it's almost so obvious that like nobody would do it. it yeah. And it was done. And it was done. That right. re-released like little bit, man. Is um, yeah. It's I like really want it too. It comes in like a nice box. It's all cool looking. I think the cart's black. Like it's like real metal and epic looking. So probably a thousand dollars. It's so bad. <laughs> no, I think they so I think they retail for like a hundred. Okay, Jesus. all right. Is that, on, is that on discounts or something? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas, I mean, Christmas. You could probably get you could probably get like a you know a rip if you you know if, allegedly if you're down for some like emulation. Yeah. Uh, one thing I I did pick up. From just watching a couple playthroughs, is that this game looks really fucking hard. Yeah. Like, developers did not have uh, playability in mind that much. No. They obviously knew exactly what was going on with the story, because that shit just makes sense. I'm just curious who this was for. Like, in Japan, like, why were they all of a sudden just Dio fans? Why did they want to involve oh, everybody? Sure they oh, loved dude. It. Yeah, sure the, the Dio fan affair over in Japan has got to be insane. In, in the uh, late 80s, I'm sure all of those men mentioned were very prominent. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. also think about like this. Like we, Japan is known for their super fans. True. Like he he's got this legacy name that isn't to be fucked with. So you go to Japan, people are gonna they're gonna make a video game yeah. of you. They're gonna spend <laughs> their parents' whole salary. It's on like a, game a Lord like of this. the Rings Wikipedia plot right here. Like I was blown away by this. I I think it's hilarious. So I I had to mention that. Wow. I still um, anytime Holy Diver Diver comes on in the car, I turn it off. Um, past eight years because that song almost killed tom and i what uh, yeah we were driving uh we were, on, we were on tour back in like 2011 12 maybe uh in in between houston and san antonio yeah it was a long drive in texas that's where it austin and san antonio a long drive in texas that's where it all happens yeah uh, it's a good band name so yeah. we're you know we're we're it's it's Two o'clock in the morning, we're all kind of like, you know, dozing off a little bit, and Holy Diver comes on the radio, some random radio, FM radio station uh, that, that we had gotten in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody is pumped. Holy Diver! And we get to about the second verse, and our back tire explodes. Violently. Violently, violently explodes <laughs> while we're doing 60 down the road. Um, this terrible man who was driving ended up saving our lives. We swerved over. Uh, get out of the get out of the truck and um, look underneath, and it's just pouring fluid. So uh. somebody goes, "It's gas! It's leaking gas! It's going to blow!" So we grab like whatever, like you know, computers or the money, you know, the merch money, and just like run off into the woods. And we're like waiting for this van to explode, and it doesn't. So we make our way back over, and uh, it just turns out to be coolant leaking. Um, <laughs> I believe screamed, you. It's gay. It's gonna blow. I think you guys hinted at this story on our tour episode part yeah. one, but wow. yeah, I don't think we got this in depth. Well, it yeah. was Holy Diver that did it. <laughs> this is them. why. This is why uh, I don't listen to Dio and oh, it, had, it had a soundtrack that was it. For no other reason would I turn off that song. It's just I mean, a, I like memory. the song. It's yeah. just it's cursed. I, I personally love the Kill Switch cover of that song. Yep, like I think cover. it's great. So that's how I actually found out about Dio. Amazing, because yeah. I was just listening to Killswitch. Was like, what the? This is a little weird for this album, and then it ends up being a cover. Howard Johnson did a great job. He did such a good job. 
Um, yeah. But maybe that, I mean, maybe that tour is a, that tour story is a good segue for you, Will, to tell us some stories about your video game history, because I, that's actually the last one that I want to mention as far as uh, heavy games. <laughs> wow. This guy, this Did guy. Did I just segue on this you? This guy comes into the studio <laughs> and starts, segue on you? starts doing tricks on my segue, is man. That, is, that, that, what, is it your job? You said kick flip on the segue. Yes. <laughs> Should guy, I leave? This guy's Ollie in the segue over here. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I, mean, I told you, there's I a reason we don't bring a lot of other people with podcasts yeah. on the podcast. Oh, on my I just now. got flexed on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a that was a brilliant segue. I'm trying. I, here, I appreciate Will. I'm a good segue. Here. I'm trying to hit be I appreciate. Here. I feel like I feel like we're like like two expert uh fencers fencing. Yeah. You know, with, seg- like with Segway. Yeah, but, or we're just like two grown men on Segways synchronized dancing. With oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like Kevin James and, I just and, feel like and, a and, and Paul Blart Mall Cop. Listen, like, oh, wow. all right, I, if we start talking about Paul Blart Mall Cop and Kevin James, I'm never going to get where I'm going. Um, thank you for that Wait, segue. Uh, Paul Bearer, Mall Bearer. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. um, yes, as I said, I'm not a big gamer. Uh, but I do have uh, a, a wealth of experience being in a death metal band full of gamers. Uh, the guys in Artificial Brain, all uh, big gamers. They all play video games, man. They're all up on like the, the kind of like what you know the modern stuff, the modern games. Um, been playing games since they were kids. I actually texted them earlier today. We got the big professional group text. You know, we're, what, what's going on with the album? We're going to book the album. We're going to do this for the artwork, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I said, guys, cool all the bullshit. We're doing a video game podcast. I need to know what video games you guys were, were into. Uh, I, and I said, kind of in our tradition of the podcast of doing an old recommendation, a classic recommendation, and a modern recommendation, I asked the members of Artificial Brain, who I know are avid gamers for theirs. So I'll just like list that off. And I also got a couple of tour stories because these guys, once I, I'm kind of like setting this up by listing these guys' games because I have some tour stories about how rabid these guys are for the games. And when we get on the road for a few days at a time, you don't have your home system, you know, on deck, it can get a little hairy. So uh, John LeCastro, our guitarist, one of our guitarists, um, he replied back to my request for his uh, his classic games, DK, you know, Donkey Kong 1 and 2, no doubt, Super Mario World, Turtles in Time, Lester the Unlikely, I don't ever heard of that, uh, and Adventure Island, that's classic, that's man. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, Dan Gargiulo, uh, Final Fantasy 1 through 6. <laughs> no 7 in there, no that's seven. a lot of fans would be upset. Man, that is so underground. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dan, wow. Dan Gargiulo would be the one, because all the artificial brain guys are gamers, but Dan Gargiulo is the one. Well, He's... six is 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 contested to be better than seven, which a lot of people say is their favorite. There's there's a lot of debate as to what the best Final Fantasy is. We're probably gonna have that talk with Dan Gargiulo when we eventually get him I'm on the podcast. Did you ever play the Final Fantasy uh, beta pre one point five? If anyone, yeah, he's got he's got the photocopy demo. He's got the he's got the Dragon Warrior Final Fantasy split seven inch. That's right? when the fantasy wow. was really uh, real. And just really... Uh, well, if his that's that's only the first thing on his list. <laughs> Castlevania one, two, and three. Dragon Warrior, as I said, I got a lot of love for that first Dragon Warrior game. And my and he says, uh, Dan Dan quotes, and my favorite game now might be Dark Souls or Bloodborne, uh, and Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Um, wow, that's great. I got to do a quick flex. I remember uh, buying. Well, I didn't buy. It. My mother, uh, my gracious mother, bought it for me. The original 8-bit Dragon Warrior NES cartridge when it came out and was hot on the press in the 80s at some point. And I think we bought it at the PX out in Nassau County. That's like where it's like a you know you go and military people get a discount and things like that. And we got it because my grandmother 
you know, my, my grandfather passed away, but he, you know, he was, he was in the middle. So we used to go out there sometimes, and I, I, that's how I got that Dragon Warrior game. I'll always remember that. That was probably my first NES game I ever got into. But so that's what Dan says. Uh, Bioshock is 100% for these guys. They love the Bioshock. Sam says Fallout 1 and 2. I know Fallout is big for these guys. Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, and now he's really into Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and The Witness. Those are all great games. I, yeah. I just want to say quick as a side note, so my podcast that we mentioned up front, this isn't even a plug. We're called Praise the Game. It's a pun on Praise the Sun, which is a popular Dark Souls uh, reference. I know it's a huge game. I'm not it, so up so on it. I, like Bloodborne is literally probably one of my favorite games ever. Uh, it came out a couple of years ago or right when the PS4 came out. And it is, Will, if you've ever seen this game, man, it's like Victorian uh, Lovecraftian horror, but just mm-hmm. a game. Like, lots of just, like, crazy, messed up mutant uh, creatures, beautiful, like, only nighttime gothic horror buildings, and I believe just, it's amazing. I, I love it. I believe Tomb Mold derived their name from that game. Uh, yeah, so I, I can't remember if it's from Bloodborne or a Dark Souls game. It's one of the Souls games, but which I, I know, well, te- like, Bloodborne is... When you say it's a Souls, Souls game, type, yeah, exactly. it's not in the same series, but it's, it's same developer, the same correct? developer and, yeah. and director. Uh, but it is my favorite just because the art direction is amazing in that game. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And those games also always have the best boss fight music, like just the the most epic scores you can imagine. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with those games that you just listed. Yeah, I, like we used to have, we called it The Space. And it was, um, uh, we had a space uh, above uh, a family member of John, the guitarist, Artificial Brains um, Garage. There was a kind of a converted rehearsal space, soundproofed and all that sort of thing. And... Um, uh, you know, they had the amps and the drum kit up there, but they also had a couple of couches and a TV and, like, probably half a dozen game systems. I mean, and games all on bookshelves. And so, I mean, they had the old, you know, the NES, the Super Nintendo, whatever, the game, I think a GameCube, a Xbox, a PlayStation, whatever, and they had tons of games. And there was a lot of weekends where we'd rehearse, and then I'd spend the afternoon allegedly... As as John as John Denver uh, you know referred to get getting high off of a situation sometimes getting high just you know references you, you know where you're at in life you know what I mean allegedly yeah. uh, but you know I these guys that. would play all these crazy video games every once in a while I'd sit on on one of the old school ones the Mega Man's or something like that but just speaking to what you're saying with the graphics the scoring of some of these games I started to realize as being a member of Artificial Brain 2009 10 11 12 the early years of the band that's what I remember really saying like wow man you know I. I knew there was something to video games. I never looked down upon it, but the production angle of it has gotten to such a point now where it's like comparable to to, to movies. Absolutely. I mean, it's comparable to, to cinema. And I've even seen, um, like, a lot of people say that uh, there's a Ghostbusters video game that basically functions as Ghostbusters three. Yeah. In in the canon was or that whatever Super like Nintendo? that. No, no, it was it oh, was the actually one. Th- yeah, I think it was only an Xbox release. I remember, I remember. Like Xbox, I think they're re-releasing it either for Switch or something soon. I remember okay. we were just talking about that on the news or something. Yeah, like just that. a Switch game. Yeah, you're right. It is there's there's these cinematic qualities you can't really escape them with these big triple a games now uh some of them are great sometimes it's just you know over the top for the sake of it um i guess like to kind of bring it back in you can't escape the imagery that comes with a lot of these video games these darker ones Mm -hmm. and the metal music yeah it's hard it's hard i think to to talk about metal and video games because without being cliched in the 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 kind of small limited pool of examples i gave up front it's like a lot of these games are heavy but they're not metal you know what I mean? Like Bloodborne yeah. is a metal game, mm-hmm. but it's not 
there's no metal in it. It's just kind of like just, a heavy game. But the, I, you know, the thing is, man, it all speaks to aesthetic because, and I was thinking about this last night when we were kind of when I was gearing up, thinking about this podcast we're doing. Um, it's it it taps into the same part of the imagination that I think got us all into heavy metal. Uh, because, like me, my thing is, um, you know, I love, obviously I love metal, right? But I also, I like to read. I read a lot of books. I used to read a lot more science fiction and fantasy type of stuff when I was younger. And the appeal of that, it's almost the same. It's like when we, we interview some of our older artists that talk about the old days, you would buy an album based on the album cover. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of times I've bought books based on the book cover, especially when I was younger and I was I was more about the science fiction and stuff. And, and I, you know, I, I wasn't as, uh, you couldn't Google everything. You know what I mean? And I think with video games, it speaks to the same thing. I, I mean, that Dragon Warrior video game, when I was a little kid and I asked my mom to buy me that, it was most likely based on the imagery on the box. And right. a lot of video games, it was based on the imagery. Like Mario Brothers, one of the, the most basic video game that everybody knows. That's the one I go back to when I have a chance to play an emulator or something like that comes up. Man, I go to Mario Brothers 2 or 3. But again, that's it's just eye candy. Right. Total eye candy, especially for little kids, man. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, if it doesn't grab you visually right up front, it's hard to it's hard to stick with it. Yeah, and, um, and you know uh, that's that's all I'm saying is like to relate it to metal. It's all about that that aesthetic and that image. Yeah. Right, this is right. very similar to the uh, <clears throat> what we're doing right now is most similar to the Halloween bonus episode that we did, where we talked about um, the overlap of horror movies and metal and the kind of similarities between them and we all had very different approaches to them but none of it is direct this is not it's not it's not an easy thing to connect so i guess these conversations are just really fun to have mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah and it, it's like you said, it's totally adjacent man because um like you know like i was gonna say you know we everybody knows that, that famously uh trey from morbid angel is a big gamer he shouts out like sega nintendo and, and, and uh, sega genesis and nintendo and all this stuff on the thanks list for certain albums and video games and uh, everyone knows george uh fisher of cannibal corpse is big on world of warcraft yeah. and that's a whole i mean that's you know that's easy you can easily google that or youtube that there's the, stories the, about in the that. credits of kill uh it says fuck the alliance which is <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah that's a world of warcraft thing that's awesome. yeah i think he's a horde boy yeah so i mean i don't even know what that means but yeah, no I doubt either. i i, I had to look it up i'm yeah. not into I, those I, games yeah. so yeah. mmos are above my head and you know whatever i i can't get into that stuff either but i i mean again i didn't want to just do a whole podcast kind of like re- recounting those kind of you know instances and things like that and the only thing that I could, like I, like I said before about the touring, uh, you know, t- like I kind of set it up how the, how big gamers the artificial brain guys are. You know, the rehearsal space, we had all the video games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of gave you a taste of these guys. I Did actually, you have I, another bandmate that I cut you off from talking about? Um, no, 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 it's all, it's all good, man, because I fell back because I did, ha- I did have one more bandmate, but this one I kind of, I, I want to read Keith Abrami, our drummer from Artificial Brain, um, who is a bit of a jock. Uh, you know, he's, he's a gentleman, uh, he's a very intelligent man, very nice guy. Uh, you know, yes. jack of all trades and all that, man, but he's a very athletic man, um, and his list was GoldenEye, Mario Kart 64, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Major League Baseball. That's a great game. Tony Hawk's, great game. And, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, man. Those are all yeah. great games. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not saying anything bad there. Oh, yeah. and it keeps going, Doom. It's just Keith's list is so different from the other guys and so indicative of Keith. Uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge. Revenge is the better one. (laughs) That's the one with the truck in the beginning? That's the one with Sting in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. World Tour is good, but Revenge is... Oh, that just that engine for uh, for wrestling games with a uh, AKI. Mm. Um, that kind of I used s- to be so into wrestling games, man. I well, love there, that stuff. There's there's two more wrestling games. So 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 uh, there's also WrestleMania 2000 on Keith's list. So that's the same. That's the same engine. That's okay. the WWF version of uh, 
uh, revenge for what, sure. What about WWF No Mercy? Same, same shit. Yeah. So <laughs> all that stuff just got a yeah. little bit better with, or it really just updated with uh, with characters and like slightly uh, better graphics, but not really. But that, yeah, that engine is is the best for for wrestling games. And what's great too is. Um, uh, this new company AEW uh, mm-hmm. that came out, um, which is like uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, some guys from Japan, and um, a few dudes from that used to be in WWF, WWE. Uh, they're they're looking to release a game in, in the next year using that same like that no wow, that right. okay. engine. That's so, a deep cut, man. Relevant, that's, pretty, relevant. that's cool yeah. that so, you know that uh, the game engine stuff. That's even more than most people would know. Like. It's people have. Um, I, I don't know what it's, what it. What it the, the technical term of it is, but they've taken like that frame um, for for games or whatever, right. and and built it using a lot of like uh, independent wrestlers, and, and that's that's, that's so like, cool. kind of going around. That's, but that's hilarious. That's bi- that. yeah. That's that's a more polygons, same game. Yeah, that's yeah, some good stuff. that's big shit in the indie wrestling community for sure. Hell yeah, love it. So uh, yeah, so um, so for the uh, for the artificial brain uh, listeners supporters out there, uh, the, the last thing. Keith says, uh, Keith and John from Artificial Days, he says, uh, played those, uh, he said he played Kenny Griffey Jr.'s Major League Baseball heavy for hours daily. Keith, Keith, and John, Keith and John were definitely on that Ken Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball. But um, the reason I just wanted to set you up for how big uh, and, and immersed in video game culture Artificial Brain is, outside of me really, uh, I have a couple of tour stories. That's what I decided to bring to the table few quick stories just to kind of like uh you know provide that like i remember when we're on the road for a few days at a time uh my good friend my brother john from artificial brain he gets a little antsy about the video games man he's he's the one that'll bring the twitch to bring the handheld system out all that you know what i mean the nintendo twitch yeah yeah nintendo <laughs> yeah, twitch. yeah 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 no no he doesn't physically twitch <laughs> from, from being on tour he brings out the nintendo twitch game system and plays games i won't do it it's the yeah. switch it's it's oh the switch switch is a streaming service twitch i'm not a okay, gamer listen, I, no it's all listen, good we're it's here all, to break balls these guys we're learning all right so he brings out the nintendo switch and he plays it on the twitch i don't know <laughs> dude whatever the you kids do, do he does it but um <laughs> Uh, you know, he's also the one that'll take the longest shift driving. He's a, he, you know, he's a very, he has a lot of endurance mm-hmm. as a driver. So he'll drive for seven or eight hours, boom, like that. Champion. There was one time where we, we were staying at a dear friend uh, in Texas's house. And um, I remember John had been taking the bulk of the driving that day. And it was kind of like a recoup day. We, we were grinding. It was when you're on the road doing show after show after show every day, driving for eight or ten hours a day. And this was our one day off, and we booked for, like, you know, a day and a half to get to this friend's house in Texas from, I believe, Arizona uh, somewhere. And um, I just remember John, everyone's trying to get food, get a shower, get their sleeping bag out, and, and just hit the hay and get some sleep. John sets up the little uh, portable uh, TV and, he, and he, I think he was playing Bioshock, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken on the game, but he just said, and they had the Xbox or whatever they had. They just set it up in the corner of the living room, man. And he got in like a huddle, like a like 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 an Indian style pose, like in front of this little TV, and just played <laughs> games, man. Nobody, you couldn't tap him on the shoulder or nothing, man. He like was Exorcist style, like in front yeah. of, the, in front yeah. of the TV. He had to get it, man. Yeah, he had to get it, man. You need a fix, man. Yeah, I'll always remember that, man. And then there's other times where these guys have... We rented a truck one time instead of a van, and it had, like, a you know a TV, like a monitor in the back that you could pop out. Man, we were, like, big balling because it was, it was the only thing we could get. We were, like, last... We were too late to, to book a van. But they took full advantage. These guys brought an Xbox in the truck, and they were playing Xbox. And You know what I mean, man? Like, you pull up, you load in your gear. 
it's time to play Xbox for two hours, man, you know? Hell yeah. So I, I was impressed with that, man. These guys did it. Having that option in the van is so key. I mean, yeah. Tom, we, yeah. I think we burnt through three or four alternators trying to figure out the best. Like hooking up that uh, I mean a GameCube in the back. Um, of I'll do things. it real quick. We yeah. we played Soul Calibur on oh, Nintendo God, I love Wii. That game. Uh, game. No GameCube. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah GameCube, we a GameCube. Um, with the red cord in our van. Yeah, it was a great time. It was, it was one, a lot uh, of fun. Allegedly a, a snuck in, highlight. Yeah, yes. allegedly snuck into um, uh, the first Mayhem Fest. Yeah, uh, Rockstar uh, Energy Mayhem Fest. Whatever the fuck <laughs> it was, wow. we snuck in on a day off and we pulled in. We just parked right next to their van and yeah. they were. Cool as hell, and it was a good time. Yeah, we played was, a lot was, of video games. Everyone was kind of switching off, playing like yeah, Soul Calibur or uh, Super Mario Strikers, which is huh. a great fucking. That is also a great game. game. Uh, uh, and and uh, playing frisbee when disturbed was was uh, playing. <laughs> go Here's a bold like S shade here. If one in five Americans call themselves a gamer. I would say one in three metalheads call themselves a gamer. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I oh, think so. Yeah. I think I'd like to see the data on that. That's yeah. I, I like that take. I yeah. haven't done it, but that's my gut feeling just from talking to people. Yeah, I think that's fact, actually. Do you think <laughs> it's fact now? That's it. We're silver. Uh, it, do you guys think that comes from an element of escapism that I think metalheads and people who are into heavier music or have that sort of personality, like, where do you think that comes from? Because I definitely yeah, that, that's, am, am that yeah. way. I, that, you know. That's exactly what I was trying to say before, man, yeah. is like, you see... It's building off of that. Like I was saying, that Dragon Warrior, the video, because that's what I always think about, man. Or just like the kind of aesthetic, man. Like, what do you think about with, with action games? It's usually war, science fiction, kind of a medieval, you know, Lord of the Rings tinged kind of like fantasy element. You know, I mean, that's that's the usual setting for a lot of games, man. And I mean, like, that's that's the same thing for a lot of metalheads, man, and a lot of fans of comic books. It's 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 there's a cultural um, you know uh, unity there. There's there's something that brings people together, and there's a lot of overlap there. Like I'm not a gamer, but I'll you know I'll I'll read the hell out of science fiction and watch a lot of science fiction uh, in media and things like that, man, and and listen to heavy metal. The same way there's a lot of gamers who like heavy metal because it, it's it's escapism um, with. With a, with a lot of variety for specifics. Yeah. You know what I mean, and man? And it's imagination-driven. Like yeah. It's imagination, creativity-driven. Exactly. It, 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 it fires a few of the same pistons in your brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it releases a few of the same endorphins, I'd say. You know? I agree. I agree. I think that's that's cool. I think you're right on, Justin. One and three. That's it. Done. Stats. That was Tom's fact, but I, yeah, I completely agree. Okay. Whatever. A lot of people confuse us. Even my grandma. I still confuse them <laughs> from time to time. Wow. What yeah. are you, uh, Nintendo again? It's like, no, uh, no, this is a Sony PlayStation uh, 4. <laughs> I, and, uh, I, I, just, I just got the new 13.2.5 uh, uh, OS update on it. And, uh, so you guys want to get back to this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. well, you had one more tour story, didn't you? I got one more tour story. Guys, stick with me, okay? I know I'm a little long-winded tonight. We're uh, here for it. I, for I don't it. even play video games. Why is this guy talking so much? <laughs> I got one more story. Just to something I wanted to relate, man, because we're talking about kind of death metal and video games and how so many guys, like I'm probably, I was saying before, I'm probably the exception to the rule of death metal person who doesn't play video games really man mm -hmm. there's probably more gamers that are intersecting with the metal community than not um big overlap one of my favorite memories of just just of being on tour and hanging out in general uh but also is is video game adjacent one of my favorite memories of playing video games or kind of hanging out while on tour we were up in um i believe it was in buffalo new york uh and we were playing like this big old kind of theater style place that had a huge uh, like a lobby kind of area with some couches and a big screen TV as a green room, which you don't normally get on these packaged death metal tours. It was very nice. And um, it was on the tour where Artificial Brain was supporting Goat Whore, Entheos, and Black Dahlia Murder. 
And uh, whatever I was doing, I came into the room uh, and I see all the guys kicking it there from my band and Black Dahlia. You know, all the other people, everyone's just kind of hanging around doing their thing. And Trevor from the Black Dahlia murder had hooked up uh, allegedly an emulator um, <laughs> uh, of some sort, some some device of some sort to this big screen TV in there. And these guys were ripping old uh, Nintendo and Sega games. So I, of course, got online. I was like, I got next, man, because I wanted to get on some... Uh, I think I played Mega Man 2, if I'm not mistaken. Mega Man 2 or Mario 3. My go-tos are Super Mario Brothers 2 or 3, Mega Man 2. That's what I'll always sit down, because that's what I could rip off a of memory the best. And I remember cursing this TV out. I remember getting loud. <laughs> like, I, I, got, I got heated, man. I got really into it. I got the video game fever, man. But that was one of my best memories. Shout to Trevor from the Black Dahlia murder. He's a serious gamer, by the way. Yeah. He I, really likes his games. Yeah, and, and I, you know, we said shit. before, everyone knows Trey from Morbid Angel and, and George uh, Fisher from Cannibal Corpse are big gamers. Yeah, Trevor, man, he knows his shit. He's allegedly got that emulator on deck. You know, I don't know what <laughs> system it was. I didn't see. I didn't see nothing. But, um, yeah, yeah, I played games hard. I want to shout him out. It was a beautiful. It was like the snow was just coming down across the city of Buffalo through the window. As it I'm, does. So I'm, this was in, what, July? Uh, was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, and I'm just there playing my little 8-bit games, man, having a good time. Everybody, you know, everybody's watching me. You know, people didn't think I got skills. I got, I'm a gamer. I'm just a, an OG, man. You know, you whip out those 8 bits. That's how, that's how I roll, you know? Nah, those are good yeah. memories, man. Sometimes those are the best, uh... When you're just chilling and it's it's you you'll you'll always remember those too where it's like you got the snow you got your friends around you you're you're playing whatever and you're getting involved. I love that stuff. Um, Very true. I I actually I haven't toured before like for any music that I've written, but I did go on a tour uh, in 2013 around the country with our good buddy Gabe. Actually, used to be the vocalist for your boys uh, yeah, in yeah. your old Geist That's days. Guys, yeah. um, but he he enlisted me and my buddy Connor to help drive and uh, take video for him. And uh, really, the only the only bit of the story, it's pretty short, was that I had my my Nintendo DS, uh-huh. and that was my only way of like being a gamer on this uh, month long, entire country tour. And uh, it was great. I was playing. I remember I had like Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> I had uh, uh, the the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. They ported it over to to the Nintendo handheld, which was amazing for me as an old N sixty four guy. And uh, I I ended up getting my entire backpack including all my games and laptops stolen out of our oh. our escalade we were driving <laughs> <Escalade. What? laughs> so, that's Whoa. one of the funniest part we t- we did 30 something states in 30 days in an, escalade. in an escalade. <laughs> if three dudes, let me tell you, in an escalade like for Chad 30 Buster. days. Was, was, was Gabe rapping? What, what? He was chilling. Like, there wasn't why a lot of rap. He was mostly sleeping, and why me and Connor were driving. Escalade. And, uh, and, and basically, we, we were in our second to last or third to last city. We were in D.C., which, you know, I don't want to, you know, whatever about D.C., but we're, we park and we go to, to Gabe's sister's apartment. And uh, we're like, fuck it, just leave the shit. We don't even want to bring it out today. Like, I'm not, that was a big Ooh. mistake. We were just like, whatever, man. Like, we're too tired. We Yo. had driven so much. You ever been there where you're just like, I can't, I, I don't even want to move after you get out of the car? I have been there, but fortunately, somebody in the crew, man, we have a golden rule, and I, I'll reiterate this. We said it on the tour episode, man. Clean we, socks. Oh, well, yeah, the clean <laughs> socks. <laughs> but you always got to leave somebody in the van. Somebody always sleeps in the van, man. Always yeah. sleeps in the van. We tell the person, and then, you know, don't be a tough guy. Somebody starts, you know, breaking into the van or whatever, man. 
Turn on all the lights and start calling 911 as you drive away. Beep That's that. all you got to do, Those bro. are good rules, man. Beep That's that very, yep. I'm not trying to see one of my one of my guitarists stabbed in the morning when I come out to the van no, and all the gear. No. You don't know who's breaking into the van. You don't know what's going on, bro. Don't be a tough guy, but have somebody sleep in the van with their cell phone, with the keys to the van. You see somebody breaking in, keys in the ignition, and you're out, bro. And then you call, you know, do what you got to do. Don't be a tough guy, but yeah, man, that's that's my little interjection safety tip, okay? Bro, that's great yeah. advice. Like, the, the thing is, is we were even lazier than that. So we didn't have a drum kit or any heavy stuff. This was Gabe with, like, a small like MIDI controller for a DJ set and we're out here like nah leave it all <laughs> like what kind of assholes are we it happens, I deserve you know. to get get stolen but man I, I was upset because I lost all my save data and my laptop and my hard drives and all the music I was writing on tour it was trash it I was really hated hearing that when that happened it was oh, not a good man. time it was not a good time I was so happy for you I was picturing you on the road playing your games and then you th- you're like and then I got stolen it ah. was a great tour though man that's the only tour I've ever done as far as like going around the country and it was a it was an experience that I, I'm so glad at the time I took because mm-hmm. when you when you have the opportunity to physically and mentally exhaust yourself by going around in a car for a long period of time, you'll always look back in my opinion with fond memories. I concur, and I I, I live for those moments, man. I love being out on the road with my boys. Uh, doesn't matter what band it's it's in, man. It's even got me to the point where I'll gladly fill in for other people's bands if I get the opportunity, man. I love getting out there on the road and um. Uh, expressing ourselves through music and uh, you know getting through the camaraderie of it all seeing new places man it's a beautiful thing but uh, sometimes you just gotta zone in on your games man that's why they got the monitors and the headset you of the uh, and the of the uh, the, the escalade you know sometimes what I mean? you can't you can't be listening to the same set for the 40th time yeah sometimes yeah. you got to be headphones on sitting in the green room and pretending you're alone and I understand the value of that as well that, that's a good point and I feel like video game music should be like our whole we might have to bring you back for a video game music episode I would like, love to you could just do a whole episode on video game music not even the gameplay or the game engines or your anything, bandmates but, would love that because I would talk about yeah. Dark Souls for like three hours straight yeah, and you have to yeah. edit me out so so but <laughs> but I mean speak speaking of which we have to respect the format of the show and and my time be respectful of your time <laughs> yeah, you guys know what's coming be respectful of my time so, <laughs> it's not like I'm hanging out with you guys afterwards anyway <laughs> so before the um uh, before we get into the album recommendations, you have some like video game uh, soundtracks. Yeah. yeah okay. So I don't want to. I don't want to misquote you, but yeah, you have some like kind of like recommendations. You want to talk about some music that's been used in video games before we get into the the uh, the general recommendations. Yeah. I, I, there's a couple. There, so there's games that feature really good heavy music, and I think like for me when I look back at some of these, I think to myself like these are the they kind of they reinforce I think uh, my love and heavy music uh just because it's it's cool to see something that might be a little bit more mainstream or triple a come out in the gaming sphere which now if you if you're familiar with the way it is it's the most profitable media industry out there now it makes a ton of money video games a year um so as an industry it's huge and has a lot of eyes on it and it's cool to see the stuff that you love projected in there as well um so a couple of games that that i had listed here so i don't know if you guys are familiar with the saints row games you guys know these video games Oh, that was um. No, I don't. Right. <laughs> not me. So, not what, me. really, Tom? You know these? I know these games. He's yeah. out here producing podcasts. Yeah, sorry, I'm all fucking looking at pro tells. That's cool, man. So, yeah, Saints Row is a, a a good example of excellent curated music for all types. Mm-hmm. So, Saints Row two and three, they stood out to me. If if you're unaware of what it is, it's basically like a GTA clone. Like if you're into the Grand Theft Auto games, 
they've gotten more ridiculous over the years, but they're always just like a heightened Grand Theft Auto. It's yeah. like, all right, I'm going out. I'm, I've got this ridiculous vehicle. The, the story's absurd. They're kind of like big open world games where you're you're mimicking reality. And the radio station is always a big part in games like this for me. GTA is is popular for having great music on the soundtrack. A lot of times stuff you haven't heard of, but sometimes things you have. And Saints Row, they nailed heavy music. Like, it was... When I first heard the soundtrack to Saints Row 2, I felt so happy and surprised that I thought, like, I could drive around in this game like I am in real life. Even though it's absurd and uh, kind of elevated. Um, but they, they feature bands like uh, Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, they got As They Lay Dying, Opeth, Black Dahlia, Lamb of God, wow. After the Burial, Goat Whore, Job for a Cowboy. It's fun. This is that, Those yeah. are bands that are on a, a radio channel in this game. Uh, Saints Row 2 came out in, tw- in 2008, and the third one came out in 2011 on uh, the PS3 and Xbox 360 systems. But, yeah, I, I just love like getting in a car in those games and being like, hey, this is this is what I would put on. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. awesome that you guys decided to curate this actual... Like, they talked to somebody who listened to modern metal and was like, yeah, this is what yeah. we want in our radio station. So, yeah. And so it was cool to get appreciated, I think, in that way. Cool. Um, so that one, that one immediately came to mind. Honestly, Tom, when you called me to ask me to be on this podcast, I was like, "Oh, Saints Row! I fucking, I love that." Um, <laughs> yeah, here it is. I love this Goat Horse song. Yeah, really. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more into the into the modern stuff. So like the After the Burial and Dillinger was like huge for me, but Goat Horse I got into later, and it's like, this is crazy to be in a video game to me. Such a good band, Goat Horse, and and honestly. As good as Goat Whore is, once you see them live, you develop a whole different appreciation for them. They're, they're such a great live band. Yeah. I got to so see So when them. you're immersed in a game and this is like all of your attention, it's pretty cool. It's so exciting. I like I look at the Tony Hawk soundtracks and yeah. and it's like playing that game so much uh, those songs are stuck in, in my I, I like I don't know half of the songs, <laughs> but like when it comes on, it's like it just reminds me of like perfect balance or something like that. Exactly. You know, just, they, yeah, they get so ingrained in what's going on. I'm gonna it's do like, a 900. It's a huge. Um, yeah, those like those games that have like actual music soundtracks, uh, like are such a great promotion for those bands. I actually found, I discovered Protest the Hero from NHL 07. Mm-hmm. You know, being in that, um, and even you know, even those sports games like we talk a lot about the 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 more fantasy or. Um, you know, escapism sort of sort of games, but the those sports games, kind of, you know, whether it be Madden or NBA or NHL or anything like that, they, they do a pretty good job curating, uh, well, or at least they used to. Uh, it's 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 pretty bland now, but they 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 did a good job curating um, stuff across a, a wide gamut of genres uh, to expose. I'm sure it's more pretty expensive, artists, you know? but you're right, man. Like it's funny now that you mentioned it. One of my favorite hockey games of all time. I know you're a big hockey fan. I am too. Mm. Uh, NHL hits 2003. Sure. One of my favorite NHL hits games, uh, Dragula. <laughs> Dragula. Oh, I just, Dragula. I just <laughs> sounded super Long Island right there. Hey, Dragula. Dragula. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you say Dragula. 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 I don't get the joke. Uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie, man. I, that was like, I always, I like, I associate that song with like hitting people in a in a ridiculous hockey game and sure. like lighting on fire <laughs> and like playing as mascots and absurd things like that. I believe um, Tony Hawk, uh, Thug, Underground. Mm-hmm. That that's where I heard a bunch of stuff for the first time. That's the first time I heard Fu Manchu Entombed, yep. um, Super Joint Ritual, mm. like the Orange Goblin. This was 
That soundtrack was curated fantastic. Tony Hawk's uh, always been great. Mostly punk and, like, crusty stuff. Yeah, it just comes with the skater territory. I mean, even the heavier stuff is D-beat oriented. You have songs like this. Super joint. This is in a video game. It's yeah, love crazy that that's a thing. Say Mastodon's in Thug also. Yeah, Crusher and Destroyer. Mastodon, they make the rounds, man. They've been in like four games I mentioned tonight. I liked how Tony Hawk found them before they were really like a giant act like they are now. Yeah. Uh, Crusher and Destroyer's heavy song. That was like almost like grind influence for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, it was pre Leviathan. That's uh, Tony Hawk got me on the hip hop a little bit too, as a little side story. Uh, the first time I heard uh, Del- Deltron, yeah, yeah. and uh, Quasimodo also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah man, that, that, I didn't have that on my list, but it, because I usually, like I said, I thought it usually ended up being like more punk stuff. But it was, it's, I, I can't think about those games without thinking fondly of just like either being in a level or doing the level editor and just having the soundtrack on it zoning out to heavy music while I'm like you know making a skate park for myself or trying to find some sort of secret hidden tape or something in Thug too they introduced this thing where you can select what kind of music that's you what I was gonna, yeah, in I was just the gonna soundtrack say you can, you can split it up by genre yeah yep. yeah, you can customize your playlist entirely it was a, a tick box where if you want to take off all the hip hop or yeah. take off all the rock and just have metal or mm-hmm. vice versa or whatever or just take off one song at a time I definitely did that for sure. This is 12 years before Spotify was thought of. Yeah, it's great. You know? I mean, and like, fucking, they had Refused on there. They had R.A. the Rugged Man, which is, yeah, wow, super deep. Yeah. Wow. Long Bus, Island. Yeah. yeah. Bus driver. Good. Bus driver on yeah. there. Of course. But I wonder if Mr. Anthony Hawk himself was responsible for curating these tracks or... If, was, if he wasn't, I'm sure he probably knew somebody who was uh, who was on the scene. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, he's the skateboarders that they featured and modeled in the game actually had a lot to do with mm-hmm. what soundtracks. That makes we, sense. Yeah, you want to you want to meet the personalities of these people, and sometimes it's in the music. That's that's very and you know I mean honestly that could be a whole other episode of skateboarding culture and heavy metal and, yeah. and heavy music. I mean that that writes itself right there because that's always going hand in hand and it's always been kind of a neutral ground between hip-hop and heavy music is the skateboarding culture, too. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, going, going way back. Talk but, about um, Glenn Friedman and his photography of, like, you know, Public Enemy and Bad Brains. And, like, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a discussion for a whole other yeah. episode right there. But, um... Last thing about Thug, though, uh, three tracks by the uh, hardest band in the world. Kiss. <laughs> wow. So you have other... Um... Yeah, I have a couple more before we get to... Before you want to wrap it up. Uh, so I, I I wanted to mention a few um, scores that weren't necessarily featuring heavy music, but people like... Uh, Will, you mentioned something interesting earlier where you were talking about how like they're they're in the mainstream now and, and you got like film composers and things like that like involved in heavy music and heavy sort of like scenes and tangential interests. Yeah, both video games and heavy metal have received a little bit more, um, I guess you could say, cultural recognition right. uh, in the last decade or two. And and, and that, you know, it, you can't really talk about film scores or, uh, you know, any sort of evocative uh, film music uh, in modern times without mentioning Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for a, a, so many, and I'm sure that I am not aware of, and you guys aren't either, of scores in the last 20, 30 years of sure. films that he's been responsible for, and he's he's really prolific in that scene. Um, but something I learned while I was doing a little research, the original Quake from 1996 that came out on PC, one of the 
big arena shooters that started an entire phase and kind of shaped the way first-person shooters are going to be for the next 30 years. He did the he composed the score for the original Quake. Wow, which I was unaware of that, and I thought that that was really cool to learn that that dude who's done. He did Gone Girl. He did like he's out here doing some of the biggest scores in cinema now, yeah. and obviously a uh, huge history in Nine Inch Nails. And he's also one of the originators of big uh, video games, which is nuts to me. Mm. Yeah, huh. he's kind of touched everything at this point. Which it's is a good really time cool. for uh, 303 acid sounds, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I had him on there. Uh, Doom, obviously, from 2016. Uh, that's a big one that came out. This dude, Mick Gordon, he did Wolfenstein, Destroy All Humans. He composed the soundtrack, but that's like a very... That's like a gent soundtrack, honestly. That's like modern, heavy, d- down-tuned, Meshuggah-influenced prog metal with like eight strings, you know? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. That one came to mind. And then uh, another modern one that I, I just wanted to mention here because I'm a big fan of uh, Periphery. Uh, so Halo 2 got remastered in uh, 2014 as part of the Halo Master Chief Collection. If you're a Halo fan, I'm sure you're aware of it. It's out on PC now. Um, and uh, the game Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided, both sci-fi games, that uh, that one came out in 2016. Uh, Misha Mansour, the guitar play- one of the guitar players from Periphery, he, he now has done... Um, he now has done original tracks, contributed to both of those games, and he's touched the gaming sphere uh, a couple times beyond that even. And I just thought that's... It's just cool that I think they're um, they're recognizing talent in the modern met- met- metal scene and uh, giving them a place in video games. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily just featuring their tracks, but composing, taking off of what I think Trent Reznor started to do in the 90s. Fun. W- would I be wrong to say that the advent of technology and the internet has and crowdsourcing has allowed uh, independent game designers um, kind of like a, a similar environment as independent musicians where they can kind of do their own thing and crowdsource everything and they don't have to rely as much on commercial investors and big I, investors. No, I think that's a that's a good observation for sure. And I think even like the guy I just mentioned, Misha Mansour, he's a, he's a dude who, he was he was on forums back in the day. Like Periphery and, heavy, and his whole... Uh, you know that cringy. You know you don't want to talk about gent, but you know whatever. This this style of music and modern prog metal now. I don't I don't think could have existed without forums and the internet. That's he how came it, up that way. That's how I heard of him was on a uh, seven string string yeah. org. Man, this is where uh, a lot of these dudes came up. That's where he was posting all of his like test mixes as bulb using yeah. like Pod X three. Yeah, like and that, then he he went on to periphery exactly, and then he went on to produce and even contribute to the writing of the first animals as leaders records. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Without it wouldn't him. have happened without him. A lot of those parts are written by Misha himself and this is a dude who's using a pod for a couple hundred bucks uh, in in his home studio would eventually become one of the most profitable and mainstream metal acts in the modern times Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of a testament to what you're saying Will is like the the internet and the advent of sharing your demos and and that whole culture has given a space for these dudes who wouldn't have had a voice otherwise or the money to to now produce tracks or huge games. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's it's an interesting parallel, man. And just for the listeners, too, I'd like to point out that um, if you didn't hear, Dahlia the dog barked at the minute you met, the second you mentioned animals as leaders. She's an animal and she is also a leader. Yeah, she mm-hmm. leads us. Um, th- Good. Thank you. She's but, as thick as an eight string. That's what. That's what's yeah. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> but not not no not to detract from the point um, that you, that you're supporting there. Uh, there you know the the internet and crowd crowdsourcing and all that sort of thing has made it a lot easier for independent artists of all sorts 
And um, I think these video game designers should be viewed... Uh, I mean, it's there's an art to it, but there's also um, a technical skill to it. I mean, Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, and uh, any other, um, did you have any other? That's it. I just wanted to rattle those off really quick yeah. at the end. Tom, okay. if you have anything else, I just wanted to mention some some of the ones that I, I personally enjoyed or um, wanted to bring attention to. Yeah, there's one game that I think runs adjacent with the type of music that we talk about. But uh, there's a game that I highly recommend for, for people who are very much in this world. An indie game called Blasphemous. Metroidvania-style game. Developed by Game Kitchen, released by Team 17, September of 2019, all consoles. This goes into what you guys were just talking about with the indie scene. So this game is, um, it looks kind of like one of these Dark Souls games that we've, we've talked about, these Souls games. It's a highly polished pixel game. Dark medieval imagery, really heavy on the anti-Christian themes. Archgoat as fuck really subtle pacing but it's one of the best games i've ever played uh look wise it's it's amazing and it's a modern take on these old school games kind of kindred to the spirit of these newer bands playing old school style music tom is this the game where every level is it upgrades the bit count on the characters or am i thinking of another game? that's the messenger oh, okay Never which mind. is another cool game but i i didn't dive into that one okay this is like if i had to take a a game and call it old school death metal this would be the game this is the blood incantation of games mm, because dope. they take something that has been done and just puts a new spin on it with new technology but still stays very true to the roots it's fucking brutal it's it's the necrota games it's the <laughs> ultra of games um and just to let you know i did not finish this game because it plays like a son of a bitch it is sadistic as fuck um, it's hard. The imagery is kind of the encapsulating idea of what has been talked about tonight um, in, in a, a couple facets. One is the independent developer thing. This is not a AAA game. This is a game that people put all their fucking time and money into as a passion project. And then it got over. And this team made a lot of money off of it. And they're just doing it themselves. It's a fucking podcast, so I can't show you what I'm, <laughs> what I want to say about the visual stuff. But Evoke trust me, it's some imagery. of the most imagery is so dark and disgusting. Let me see something. Show me, cause I'm here. Yeah, yeah maybe, we can, maybe we can help paint and, the picture. Paint, then, help me paint with you. Look at that pixel art. Yeah, this is a uh, highly detailed. This is amazing. Brutal pixel perfect combat, smashing, slicing, stabbing. It looks like a black metal-informed Castlevania. Yes. Wow. That looks so sick. Yeah, it's great. Man. I love that. Yeah, so I want to shout out... Is that on Switch? Yes. It is. Oh, I have it on Switch. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I'm buying that tonight. Get it tonight. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Tom, Will's I, out. I, I know you love this game. Can we wait till, we, till they send us a check? Because you're really into this right now. Hold on. That's all right. All right, all right yeah. I get real no, into stuff, fair. too. I'm like that. No, go check it out. Blasphemous, please. That looks really fun. You can find that on YouTube.com. Not a sponsor. The fu this fucking game. <laughs> Just <laughs> All right. Thank you. I need, <laughs> fucking killing me, dude. I need a oh bit of that. God. It looks really awesome, and I didn't realize it was like a side-scroller kind of uh, two, like two, like that's my game. I can't do the 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 first person. To, I I don't. That, that's where they lost me yeah, with not, video games in general. I don't do first. Yeah, first. <laughs> this person, actually yeah. reminded me of something I did want to bring up tonight. I didn't want this whole episode to go away without me talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night, one of the best games ever made oh, for PlayStation. Thank obviously, you. thank you, Will. Um, 
You know, I'm, it's like I said a million times already this episode. Do you I'm play not video a ga- games? I, I'm not a gamer, oh, Justin. <laughs> Shit. But I have a few select games. I bought a PlayStation when I was in, like, 11th grade, and I, I got the Final Fantasy VII. Sorry, Dan Gargiulo. Yeah. Um, and I played that. What? I, I left the house a few months later. Classic. Uh, what, and, and then uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Amazing game. I, I mean, it gave me chills, man. And this this Blasphemous... Oh, honestly, man. What, what platforms can you play this game on? Every platform. That's this, great. Right. This game, why I'm so psyched about it, too, is I... He's starting them up again. <laughs> I know. I'm going to play the trailer again. Briefly. Yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to just make you guys watch me play the game. Um, I developed a game for quite some time. It never got released. I put a lot of time into it. And uh, I basically wasn't working for a while, just working on the game. And this game was announced when I was doing that. And I saw this and I was like, holy shit. Oh, no. And they put up a Kickstarter. And I think they asked for like $70,000, which is a lot for an indie game. Yes. They received somewhere in the area of three hundred and twenty. dollars oh. um, because this product just looked so polished and yeah. well conceptualized and delivered. Um, so, yeah, this, this game does strike a chord with me. There, it hurts your feelings a, there a is bit. a big audience yeah, yeah, yeah. for that style of game now. I will yeah. say Dark Souls, like we brought up earlier, like your bandmates will... That that is that they've almost invented a new genre with that style of video game. It's it's uh, it's sadistic. It punishes the player, but it's also world driven, uh, lore driven. There can be some multiplayer elements that are really heavy and, and cool in those games, and they ju- they've just really uh, grown in popularity over the years. And if you see a two D well designed so- side scrolling Souls like game, mm-hmm. take my money. Like the meme, yeah, mm-hmm. like immediately just throw money at the yeah. screen. Th- th- I think it's what you're saying. This is the the modern yeah. OSDM movement. Is, exactly, because <laughs> Castlevania was the, the the ones who started it, putting their foot down into that greasy, greasy. Let's just make this a really hard, yeah. dark game. And you wouldn't see games like this today without that. So this is the new this is the new school version of that. For sure. So, um, unless you... I mean, we could keep going on about Blasphemous I, and just make it a bonus episode. <laughs> no, no, I, want. I'm done. I mean, I'm done. Do you guys I, want to go? I have to get off my chest, boys. Listen, I, I, I'll, I'll be the... I talked about Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for like three months straight on my podcast, <laughs> so my, my co-hosts understand what it's like to get into something. I'm with you, Tom. I get yeah, it. But yeah. also, it's cool. I think it's a good recommendation for your, your listeners. Hopefully, we'll check it out. I think it's a good one. And, and speaking... Speaking of recommendations, uh, Mr. Co-Segway Pilot over here. Oh, we're gonna uh, segue. Yeah, Dude, yeah. They got that. They, there's a new Segway that just came out. That kind of it's like a it's like a stroller, pretty much. <laughs> it's a full like body encapsulate. If you've seen, um, I have well, seen, seen Wally. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. it's, it's it's what shovels those people around. Um, you guys could share one. Can probably, I? I'm, right? I'm down for that. Uh, no, 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 no. Right. I, I'm from Huntington Station. Did you guys, did you guys hear uh, Matt Hoffman? I'm from Huntington Station. I can't be rolling down 110 like that. Did you guys hear about uh, Matt Hoffman's Pro Segway coming out soon? All right, let's get into, like you said, like Will said, recommendations. All right, so let's do some new and old stuff. Okay. Cool. Uh, Andy, since you are our guest oh, you here. Can, no, don't make me go first. Yeah, you have to go first. Yeah, guest goes first. Is that first. how it is? Guest yeah. goes first. All right. I thought right, you right, listened right. to the, This guy didn't listen to the show. I do, I <laughs> do, but I... Yes, I, I know the guest goes I, first. I, 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 no, I do, I do. All right, all right. Listen. <laughs> Thanks, Andy, for coming. He only listens um, to the first so couple So do we minutes. start with new or old? What do you we, want we, to do? We start... Uh, you're, dude, you're, you're the guy that listened to all the episodes. All right, all right. All right, yeah, new first, and then we go with classic. All right, so... Oh, you like the heavy hole name every episode. What's your favorite word? What? Allegedly. <laughs> oh, he's been gone. Oh, okay, he went. He, he got it. He got it. He's good. He's good. You tell me I don't listen. Maybe every podcast ever. 
<laughs> a couple weeks ago, I was recording music with my buddy, and uh, we just happened to have Spotify on for a little inspiration. This th- this came on, and then I later started to give it a listen. It's, it's this band called Chamber. Uh, they're a hardcore band out of Nashville, I think. It's a great choice. Came out with a came out with their debut album this year or 2019, I think around July or something. I missed it, um, but thankfully it came on Spotify for me. It's called Ripping, Pulling, Tearing is the album with a forward slash in between everything. So this band is basically like, if you're like Vane or any of the stuff that Justin talks about on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, brother. Because this is my man's right here. Uh, it's like modern hardcore with uh, some, some early 2000s to mid 2000s influences. Really heavy, really angry, upset people. Uh, short songs. Just, it's fun. I, I like it a lot. Uh, definitely going to influence what I've been writing recently. So check this this album out. It's, it's worth listening to. I've been waiting for somebody to show me this because I've seen the name and I wasn't going to check it out. Because <laughs> I'm like really. <laughs> I posted on my Instagram a bunch. I was waiting for you to like steal it and talk about it on here. I was like, I want to stay. Uh, I want to stay mysterious. The, the end of the song is one of my favorites. It has a lot of punch. You know, the, the drum sound and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I have a new recommendation for everyone. Let's hear it, Justin. Good point. All right, Justin, what do you got, man? So I didn't do my homework as much as I should have done on this band. This band deserves a lot more, but uh, I'm, I'm fairly new to it, and uh, and I can't stop playing it. So, uh, Tom, it's a band called Millspec. It's M-I-L-S-P-E-C, and uh, it's the track. It's a, it's a single that they released um, a couple months ago mm-hmm. called Just Your Imagination. So Millspec is a, uh, a band out of Toronto. Um, really uh, encompassing the uh, the 90s hardcore vibe. So much in the vein of like Fiddlehead, uh, little like Gorilla Biscuits kind of style shit. Uh, this is a this is an, an area of music that I've uh, more recently kind of been turned on to and, and kind of diving in. But I think this band is fucking killing it right now. And there is something about this shit uh, that just gets me. It's super melodic, super rock and roll. Uh, I like this because I like Cavell Attack a lot. And uh, and but this has this is a way more punky, uh, down earth, hardcore vibe to it. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Fucked Up, which is another Canadian uh, hardcore yelly band. And uh, there's some really great chord work, really good melodies. And uh, this song ends on a fucking like hug your friends kind of style riff. And uh, it sounds like something yeah. I'd hear in in a modern Tony Hawk pro skater. Yeah, and yeah. I am all for that considering yeah. the topic we chose to talk about today. Yes. I really like the use of like these really nice kind of beautiful melodies with uh, the raw vocals yeah. and you know the, the kind of driving hardcore urgency, man. It's it's nice. It's cool. It almost reminds me of like a toned down kind of tragedy. Sure, yes. If you know what I mean, like that that use of melody with the aggressive uh, you know music. I've only heard maybe a couple of tracks. Like I told you, I'm trying to dive into it uh, a lot. So uh, that's the band I'm gonna be checking out a bunch. But yeah, really cool work, man. And uh, songwriting is is so on point. I just want I just want you guys to join in this last riff, man, because it's just it's a little new wavy. Yeah, it's really cool. There's I, I understand. Yeah, there's a new wave element. Mm. 
It's it's cool, man. This is really interesting stuff. I like this. I'd have to check this out more. So they have a they have a couple of EPs. Um, I want to say maybe three three EPs or so that they've released in the past. So this is um this is a two man band from California, Planet Vegeta. Uh, oh, as, what am I hearing? Fuck. As, yes. as, as Andy said, it's a, a, a Dragon Ball Z reference. This is uh this particular release, uh, two player game that came out in 2013, is video like eight bit video game inspired. I did bring the release tonight. This is the tape edition that came out on Third Eye Grind Records. Oh, oh no hey, way! Yeah, no. and uh, you know, John. yeah, our listeners can check out our, our whole episode interview that we did with our guest John Santiago of Third Grind Records. He released this cassette tape, and you guys can look at this uh, layout. It's obviously clearly inspired by eight bit video games. Um, that's a cool looking cassette tape, man. Yeah, the cassette tape has this uh, two play, and it's called two player game as a kind of a riff on the fact that there's two members of this <laughs> band. Generally, oh, like, a, cool. like I guess it's like a drum and bass uh, type of band, some synthesizer elements too, things like that. It's kind of your your kind of psychedelic, noisy, post uh, hardcore, I guess, type of uh, instrumental band. Man, really cool kind of uh, drum and bass stuff, uh, noise rock, whatever you want to call this. Um, and John Santiago uh, gave me this release when he put it out on tape, man. So I just had to bring this in because I thought that the uh, the nature of the release, the artwork and everything was so video game adjacent and it re- uh, it was relevant to a past guest of the show, uh, an underground tape <laughs> label guy. And it is really cool music. This is an awesome release. You can get this and their other two releases on Bandcamp. The other two releases not necessarily as video game related, but definitely science fiction related. Um, and it's just really, it's, it's cool experimental music with a groove and uh, some interesting soundscapes that might capture your heart if you're a fan of science fiction and video games and heavy music. So I had to bring in this Planet Vegeta uh, cassette tape of mine. These, uh, these song titles are amazing. Vegeta. Oh, yeah, you want to read a few? Of the, read a yeah. few. You so had it, me read something. You read I, it now. All right, I got you. So I, I personally love track four, which is this next song goes out to all the guys out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great song name. Famous words. Uh, we've got Nightmare Mode, which is, I think, a uh, Diablo reference. And then In Your Arms Tonight. Is that a, uh, is that a cover? In your arms tonight. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Just man. dying you in your you arms tonight. I, I don't know. <laughs> Must have uh, been something I played out as a video game. Let's casting Meteor, I yeah. think, is like maybe a Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I mean, a, uh, a Final Fantasy reference. There's a lot going on here. I'm a fan of these song titles. Will this is that's cool stuff. I like it. It's a fun band, and as I said, if you don't have a cassette player, you can find uh, Planet Vegeta's work. Vegeta. All on, uh, yeah. I don't watch Dragon Ball. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's why. I'm, that's why we're here. As I was saying, if you don't have a cassette player um, like me, you can actually download all this stuff on Bandcamp. Yeah, so go great. to Planet Vegeta's Bandcamp. You're just Vegeta. gonna have to, whatever, bro. Get out of my face with this stuff. Um, I listen to music. I don't watch anime. So, <laughs> pretty intense. That's kind of cool. It's almost like the synths are almost like vocals. Yeah, they're like yeah. they kind of sound like some guttural weirdness going on underneath there.
tonight, I'm going to bring in an old recommendation that I, I, I couldn't miss the chance on. Based on what we're talking about, it's uh, a band called The Last Chance to Reason. Oh, um, man. I remember when we almost played a show with them and then they bailed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, they were scared. That's fine. <laughs> I am... S- they couldn't commit to their slams. That's, when, that's what some people were saying. Very true. That show put Moontooth on the map, too. Shout out to Moontooth. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that was a great set. Tom, great bring right now. So this is their 2011 second full length called Level 2. They were writing music based on video games and decided to make a video game based on this album, which I don't know if you can get anywhere in beta or something like that. I don't think it was ever finished, but the concept of this album was to release it with a video game. But, like a lot of people find out, myself included, video games are fucking hard. Yeah, really hard (laughs) to do. Well, what was great about this band... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, music is hard, but uh, the timeline is shorter. Let's put it that way. Yeah. This band was really fun, man. We did a we did a couple weeks of them touring around. They had they had the game set up at their merch stand. People can go up and play it. But what was what was even more impressive, I thought, was uh, you know, they I think they played to a click live, and the the levels were projected behind them, and every like every action, I guess AI action in the level was 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 timed to to what was going on in the music. Wow. And it was uh it was such a fun show and everybody in this band was super talented um, I'm not sure if they're still active now I, I don't think so they're technically active but they haven't done anything in a while they released level 3 which yeah. I haven't heard it's really good yeah it's and I'm, good I'm, I'm upset just doing the little research I did because mm-hmm. uh, this this does cl- hit close to home yeah. with me because of the touring we did with them not yeah, so much great the video boys, game man. part but yeah these guys are they were all really awesome dudes mm-hmm. uh, Mike Lassard now sings with the contortionist. Yeah, he's now sings with the contortionist. He's a great vocal talent. Yep. Um, he can do some of the craziest screaming performances and sing like a like a mockingbird. Anything he wants. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, he can really voice. hit all kinds of crazy notes. And if you listen to this album, the harmonies he hits. Um, this is video games meets cynic. Yes, to me. 100%. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it's, it's really if you're a, a progressive death metal fan. You haven't heard this one? Get into it. Yeah, this is an amazing record. Between I still, the Barry to me too. I still spin yeah. this like once a month. Mm. You know, um, it's phenomenal. Uh, all, all again, all talents. Uh, shout out to playing volleyball in Walmart parking lot and <laughs> convincing the staff that we were a professional, a professional team. Yes. national volleyball team whose gym was closed early and we we needed to practice for some reason playing volleyball using the shopping cart uh, collectors as the net. That's a true story. We did that. Uh, That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, the cops rolled up and yeah. we, we, we rode up. Um, it wasn't us. It was the merch guy for Last Chance to Reason, Aaron. Yeah. Really nice dude. Yeah. He he talked to anyone. and got whatever right, yeah. the fuck he wanted. He could sell a uh, ketchup popsicle to a man in white gloves. That's, that's yeah. what he could do. Yeah. And you know what? He didn't have to do sell this band. Because no. this band just, they played fantastically. Yep. Everyone in this band, top level musicians. Big fan. Yeah, great writers, great performers. Uh, Mike Lassard, really the, the 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 focal point, but everyone in it. Corey, what a good bass player, yeah. man. Oh, fantastic. Evan, a fantastic drummer. He was, like, on it. So, yeah, please check out Last Chance mm-hmm. to Reasons Level 2. That's yep. my official old recommendation. Sorry was, for breaking the rules. I was always a, a super fan of the concept behind this album and the video game that they wrote which was uh, a uh, a computer program uh you know like a, a computer coded person a program with inside inside a computer like becoming self-aware 
and then questioning you know what that means if if if, if his thoughts are his own or are they they programmed and then the the escalation of that throughout the record but that's a beautiful thing there's another band that put out an album with a, a similar concept 2017 which band is that i'm never i don't know uh justin i don't think justin's ever seen them <laughs> oh is there brain involved yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, is that ba- a fake head? Andy, you got an old, you got an old <laughs> recommendation for us. Man, listen, I I, I don't I I, I kind of man, you guys you guys crush it on these video game references. I feel like I fail as a this is where I fall off. This I lost Will. Will's gone. He doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> I like I I don't like these guys anymore. Your recommendation <laughs> wasn't that. All I, right, listen. So I my old recommendation was actually partially a new one that uh, that old technical death metal band beneath the massacre. Uh, I'm a big fan of them. They're more modern. A lot of some people hate on it, you know. Whatever. I don't care. I like what I like. It's interesting music to me. If I was to say anything about this band, um, at the very least, I don't think anyone else in the technical death metal scene sounds like them. And uh, they also are pretty renowned for having crazy shows. Uh, so now that they've came out with a new single called Autonomous Mind, I do look forward to seeing them live uh, for the first time. Um, so that's that. That was going to be my reference. I completely forgot. There was a drummer from the Red Core. Some bands. There was a drummer from a band that that did an eight bit electronic uh, metal song. Unraveler. That would Unraveler. be Mike, uh, Mike McKenzie did a eight bit or chip tune metal inspired project called Unraveler. That would have been my other. Cool. That would have been my other old reference. So play whatever you want to play. Unraveler is also a six side project. It's basically death metal, actually just straight programmed. Yeah. Uh, like, Dope. and, and it, it's there, there's no. So, it, so it's just a regular modern death metal band. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, pretty much. Just your average death metal band nowadays. Pr- yeah. Pretty much. Uh, but yeah. it, it's cool that it. The drummer just like, goes, and then the producer samples that into every other hit and I mean, rearranges it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Tom, I'm so glad you remembered this because I, I was googling for the last like ten minutes and you, you did it. Um, check it out. Classic recommendation this week. Uh, Horse the Band. Their 2005 release, The Mechanical Hand, uh, out on Combat Records. Um, when th- this is this is like what I think when I think of video game heavy music. Uh, I go to Horse the Band. It's it's the the sickest like you know uh, chippy eight bit kind of keyboard sound in in the most aggressive kind of fun uh, way to me. 
Um, this song is about uh, Birdo, who was a boss in one of the Marios. Mario 2. Uh, Mario 2. Mm. Thank you. Sick. Throwing eggs. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yes. Please. Yeah. You said like you're I not said, a gamer, Will. Super I don't you gotta, you gotta, You got to actually strategically hop onto the eggs and then pluck them and throw them back at Birdo while avoiding more eggs being thrown at you. So that's I'm what, not a gamer, but that's one of my games. So that's, hey man, it's ingrained in you, this gaming yeah. stuff. So that's exactly what this song is about. Yeah. Um, we get to the end. We get to a great uh, throw it back uh, chant, chanty gang vocal breakdown. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to say too much because, like I said, I'm not prepared. Um, horse the bands, the mechanical hand. Uh, if you like having fun and guitar and drums and vocals and keyboards and stuff, then uh, listen to it because it's really it, fun. Interesting, like progressive type of band, man. Very hard to categorize band, horse the bands. Yeah, they definitely bring the, like you said, fun. Yep. They have that, but in a very serious way. Yes. There's like an anxiety behind it. There is, um, yeah. Also, funny story, me and Gabe, when we were at South by Southwest, we walked into a horse the show band by accident. Hor- horse, horse the band <laughs> show by accident. It was great. That's insane. I've never heard that until now. Yeah, it was a good time. That's awesome. We caught the last three songs they did, Yeah, and uh, these guys kill it live. They I really know th- I know this band because of Gabe. Uh, he, he turned me on to this whole thing, who also used to... Um, be a heavy chip tune boy, you know, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Pokemon based, but very, very good. Yeah, good chip sound. Yeah, Horse the Band, like you said, kind of hard to pinpoint down. You know, is it hardcore? Is it prog? Is it punk? Is it, you know. The, the, the synth elements, I feel like they. A lot of bands were influenced by sounds like this, like Arsonist Get All the Girls, like stuff like that back in the day. Yep. I feel like it became this cringy thing. Like uh, the synth included hardcore band became this sort of like grit your teeth like what are you doing situation <laughs> yeah like why yeah. is Dr. And, Dracula and, and, and certain bands like I think Horse of Band this is, this is a good example of like why it was cool yeah. and uh, <laughs> I mean I like Arsonist get all, get all the Girls a lot um, yeah. but it, it, yeah it's one of those things that uh, I think a lot of bands heard and took it in the wrong direction yeah I think uh, the keyboard player from, from Horse of Band it kind of they treated it as like another guitar player you know in a certain way um, it was just as technical as all the guitars if not even more you know more so um, right. it, it this band could not, you know, where I feel like a lot of bands used keyboard as sort of a, an extra, like an add-on little gimmick thing. Yeah. Like the keyboard is a lot of this band. There's no keyboard flips in this. It's very it's keyboard flips, and it's very musical. Yeah, and fun, nerdy video game shit. So good. Yeah, I like the off-the-cuff recommendation, Justin. Hell yeah. You have an old thing here. Yeah, I have this, um, the Locust slash Melt Banana Split 7-inch, uh, released on Gold Standard Labs, uh, I guess, which was the label based out of San Diego, California. <coughs> um, let's see what the year was here. Hold on a second, boys. A little behind you here. Uh, 2001 it was released. Actually, actually 2002. Um, I brought this 7-inch. I was, I was scouring my collection tonight. Uh, before the podcast to see what I had that was video game adjacent. And obviously that planet, I'm not going to say it again, I don't want to get interrupted again, but whatever that tape was that I talked about before, that was very easily uh, video game adjacent. 
Uh, this the Locust Mel Banana seven inch. I don't know that any member of the either of these bands played video games or anything, but the music, the kind of uh, eclectic, uh, um, uh, schizophrenic, uh, uh, weird sonic nature of both of these bands, I felt was was weirdly. Um, uh, appropriate for this video game episode, particularly Melt Banana. The, we've talked about Melt Banana before on the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Um, the Locust, a, a band I don't believe we've really ventured too far into. Nope. That's a band from California. Um, uh, the drummer would eventually go on to be in Cattle Decapitation for uh, a number of years, I think in the beginning of the band, and other members have gone on to other projects, and this band has kind of uh, developed a cult following over the years, but they were more or less active in the late 90s, early 2000s, kind of known for like some strange insect-influenced stage presence and costumes, um, almost like a weird new wave punk inspired brand of grindcore sometimes utilizing uh different pedals and th- synthesizer effects locust was on their own tip uh kind of vaguely associated with that slap records power violence scene they did a split with man is the bastard but this is just kind of like a crazy band that you want to get into and i know you're a fan of the, the weird song titles like my other recommendation yeah. I'll, I'll i'll just quickly um there's the third the third locust song on side a of this split is called 23 lubed up schizophrenics with delusions of grandeur. Oh. Uh, the, then the fifth song is called The Half Eaten Sausage Would Like to See You in His Office. <laughs> I imagine that's kind of like a work inspired one. Uh, but these. Uh, <laughs> Those who know, know. Yeah, but that, that's that's the logo. The Locust is your own wormhole. Maybe we'll talk more about them. Uh, but Melt Banana was the band that I really felt. Um, kind of kind of was like in, in step with this video game theme episode because Melt Banana's music, uh, they, they utilize all these samples, keys, I don't know where, you know, pedals, I don't know where the sounds come from, I just know they're there. And it has this very uh, kind of psychedelic carnival... Uh, you know, rushing at you a million miles a minute, kind of, kind of, um, kind of effect. You know what I mean? The same thing that you get out of a lot of these video games. A friend of mine used to play these. Uh, what, 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 what genre of game is it? Where like the 1944, like above shooter games, where you're watching the plane That's from a shoot above. Up. It's yeah. A, yeah, that oh, my for short a shmup. Yeah, a, a friend of mine used to import these crazy games from Japan that were in that vein, oh, but like impossible. Ra- like Raiden, Radiant Silver Gun was the one. Ooh, I never Radiant that Silver one. Gun was the one, and it was impossible to play. But a friend of mine used to play these games, and just the kind of. Uh, like epileptic fit, um, uh, tantalizing nature of some of these games reminds me of uh, of the Melt Bananas music. What they do to you in an audio way, what some of these games do to you in a visual way. So I just wanted to bring Melt Banana back on the podcast and uh, flex on everybody with this uh, seven inch that I own the physical format of. That's a cool. You know one, what man. I mean? Big you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the artwork over I, the moon. About I can't this believe <laughs> I can't believe you had that in transport. This I, isn't the seven inch that I put at the beginning of the bin. Yeah, in my room. Yeah, it's got it's got very uh, strange uh, kind of um, phallic, like phallic yeah. symbolic art. Uh, I guess with two kind of uh, like stereotypical depictions of homosexual men on the front. Um, you know, the art art is very interpretive, of course, but this art in particular, it's a lot of fun. But you would put that inside of a twelve inch, doesn't just to, you know, so you don't have a family member find it. D- doesn't speak to me. Uh, it seems a little bit silly, and um, I don't know what what kind of a message they were trying to convey with it, but it is what it is, man. Yeah, you're right. It, I definitely not like the normal artwork that that graces the releases I normally bring here, but uh, I like you know, it though. I, I, I like it myself. I, I, I'm, just, I, I'm a fan of something that 
that just fucks with you. It's subversive. It you, is. You look at that and you and you that's a conversation starter. But like, well, if you're familiar with the locust and melt banana, by the way, think a little bit about the name melt banana. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But that's all I'm going to say about it. It's like it. the biscuit. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean in a way. But uh, you know, the locust and melt banana, these are the two bands that are going to do it to you with the artwork too. These are subversive bands uh, that don't ever do anything in step with the rest of the grindcore or or metal community. They do their own thing. So, uh, I just wanted to recommend that to the gamers out there who might be able to appreciate that sentiment. So, guys, uh, this was our special video game adjacent to metal episode. We want to thank Andy from Praise the Game Podcast uh, for stopping by. Um, Andy, this was our first time really chopping it up, you and me, man. Yeah, it was man. great. I, I really appreciate it. We'd like to have you back eventually. Of course. I know you go back a little further with Justin and Tom, man, so I appreciate you guys not kind of excluding me to the corner of the conversation. Like, I'm not the part of the cool kids' table because I'm, I'm not a gamer. You know, <laughs> I'm in your domain right now. Yeah. I'm a guest in your podcast, so I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Man. But but your podcast, what 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 uh, platforms are is that available on? There? So Has we have this running joke when I do the exit of my podcast, where we we I, I name the handles and then I say fuck Facebook. We have a Facebook, but yeah. I don't use it. Yeah, uh, my yeah. brother does the social media for us, but I am outwardly anti Facebook because mm -hmm. I just think it's trash platform. Well, that has nothing to do with you guys. No, okay. we have. A, we but have we have. So hey, Instagram and Twitter, we're we'll at later. we're at PTG underscore podcast. If you wanna if you wanna check us out there, we're also on like all the major streaming stuff like uh, like Spotify and uh, you know iTunes and all that. Uh, so you know, whatever. If you wanted to give us a listen, it's it's basically three dudes without editing, laughing and talking shit about video games for a while. Okay, Great. don't go on Facebook. I think <laughs> our our our, uh, our motto or our like slogan is the the gaming podcast that digs through the gaming trash so you don't have to. All right. So we basically like to give our own recommendations uh, for for what people might like. Love it, man. Yeah. Um, and you also have a musical pro a project that you're working on. I don't know if you yeah. want to divulge anything. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, super nice of you to ask. I uh, I was lucky enough to be asked by Justin uh, many years ago to play in his project Thundertaker when it was uh, when it was in its infancy. And that was a great time. Uh, it's a great band. But I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm currently writing an album with a good buddy, Andrew Rowland. Um, he's, uh, he's a great guitar player that I've wanted to write with for a while, and... Uh, we started this album endeavor a couple months ago, basically writing it grind style, couple minute long songs, heavy, uh, fast, ranging from hardcore to more modern stuff, and we're gonna self-produce it and release it in this year in 2020. So we don't have a name yet or anything like that, but you know, I'm sure I'll be posting stuff about it at some point. So and check I it out. I imagine followers of your podcast would find information about it in the in the uh, the, the relating social media yeah, and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I I don't want to like toot horns or anything, but I don't think it sounds like much that's come out of Long Island at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, I I like to think of us as somewhere in between like like hardcore 
death metal and like modern prog shit. I don't okay. even know, man. I'm interested. It's, I'm interested. It's all over the place. So, well, whenever it does come out, I'm sure we'll be able to let the listeners of our podcast know about it as well and talk about it. Here that would too. be so nice of you. Thank you so, so much. And, uh, you know, of course, man. And um, uh, it's cross promotion. I'm not just trying to be nice here. Okay, let's do. business. You are. No, You're a nice we're dude. We're doing man. business here. This is kind of you. Um, speaking of doing business. Uh, we are also we are on Facebook. All right, sorry. I no, mean, don't I, apologize. You know, look, I don't have a personal Facebook uh, really that I use much or anything. I don't. I'm not on Facebook for the uh, social commentary. Okay, that of, of others. I'm. Uh, uh, we have our Facebook Heavy Hole Podcast. We also have our Twitter and our Instagram Heavy Hole Podcast. If you want to email us at heavyholepodcast at gmail.com, please feel free to do so. I'm still up to fixing those popped cassette tapes, if anyone's got one out there. Right. Email us. You can send it over. We'll fix it up for you, whatever you got to do. Um, Tom, if I wanted to call you up, but you were too busy playing video games, and I wanted to leave a voicemail for you, what would the number be? I can't pause it, Mom. It's online. Um, it's 631-837-3274. <laughs> oh, so funny. What's the number again? 631-837-3274. All right. So, uh, so Andy from Praise the Game Podcast, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming down to the studio tonight and talking some shit with us, man. Hell yeah. Uh, we're going to be watching your podcast, watching for your music that's going to come out eventually, man, and hopefully we get you back for another one. So um, this is Big Will here. I'm Tom. You know me. This is Justin. This fucking guy H-tons. over here. This fucking guy. Fucking guy over You know, I'm just trying to figure out. We're going to Taco Bell. We're getting some pizza. You know, not letting it go cold, eating while it's still hot. You know, a lot of things to go on into the night. You know, make your decisions, make your plans, heavy hole. 2020. Oh my God. All right. You know, all right. We'll see one, you on the other one, side. That's enough you know. of you. I got to tell you a couple of two things, <laughs> Justin. All right. Oh my goodness. You play too much, but that's okay because this is our game episode. One. Done. That's a rat. I can wear I, camo because it's guys, urban assault can vehicle. Can I watch you guys fight? <laughs> this is why I came on the podcast. No, that's not until season three, man. We got to save this.